not be driven by fear into an age of unreason. Oh my god, guys, listen up. I have an announcement to make. Did you guys know that I'm like the number one Google search last week? It could be the stuff of history, however, one way or the other. Okay, is Jessica Simpson here yet? And to those critics who are so pessimistic about our economy, I say, don't be economic girly man. And you'll never have to pour or measure detergent again. Can we, can we all get along? Terror, horror, death. Film at 11. How many sides does a triangle have? Damn, four. There's no side. One. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Last week on Earth. Hello, everybody. It has been too long. It's been about two weeks. Apologies for the absence. I've been traveling. I was in Canada for many nights doing shows. I was in Minnesota doing many nights, many shows. Um, still have been um, enjoying drinking alcohol. And that gets in the way sometimes. Also, pilot seasons, I've been having some auditions, and I'm happy to report I've booked none of them. So it's really great. Um, I love to prepare a role. I love to know that I have it down pat and feel like I've really connected to it and can make it funny, and then go audition and then never just hear a word again. It just disappears into the ether, and it feels good. It makes you, like, build your sense of, of, of resolve, if you feel kind of like the guy in 127 Hours in the Cave with his arm pinned against the wall, or you feel like, like Tom Hanks in Castaway, you just feel like you, you really get to know yourself. Um, it's really lovely. It's really lovely. I recommend it to anybody. Um, and so, and so um, I enjoy it. And uh, I'm about to start driving in minutes to Phoenix. And... Uh, in a moment, I'll explain why in a moment. Well, I'm doing four nights of shows starting tonight uh, and doing all the way through Sunday. This weekend, right now, uh, March 22 through 25, in Phoenix, the House of Comedy in Scottsdale or Phoenix. It's the same city. I'm pretty sure it's not, but it is. And they're side by side. And um, at the House of Comedy, you can get tickets right now at Glebe.com. Please come out. Tell your Phoenix friends. Coming soon then to Boston after that. And I'm coming to San Diego. Moved it a week earlier, March 25 to 27, May 25, 27-ish in San Diego. Dallas, Washington, D.C., May 4 and 5. Um, Boston just in two or three weeks. All of it's coming up. It's very exciting. Tickets to all of it at Glebe.com. Also, my Showtime special airs today at 11 p.m. Uh, they've been aired in a little while, so... Check it out. Only a few months left to watch it. And Ride a Gangster airing on show next at 11 p.m. tonight, Thursday. Um, but uh, it's another special episode for you today. In a few minutes, I'm going to play for you the um, complete audio from the We the People Part 2. Another one we just did last night at the Hollywood Improv where we had two comedians from the left. Uh, great comedians. You'll know who in a minute. And one comedian from the right mixed with um, TrumpSingles.com founder. That's a Trump dating site founder and conservative talk show host Dave Goss in the mix as well. Not a comic, but a political dude. Very interesting conversation about if Trump maybe is actually doing a good job and where he might deserve some credit or might not. Um, we talk about inclusion writers and, and parody at the workplace, but also gender comes up, which is very interesting because one of our panelists was Riley Silverman, transgender comedian that's not 
her label as a person, but it's apropos to the conversation because we talk about gender and it gets quite heated um, at when that part of it comes up. And so, A, just warning, it's going to get a little heated when that happens. I think very interesting conversation still, but she, she didn't expect that to be a major topic of the conversation. I think she felt maybe a little bit attacked, a little bit flustered, um, so I didn't want to leave it like that. So just a heads up, I was going to play it in the middle of the podcast at the moment this happened, but I think it's more apropos at the end of the podcast. So when the conversation's done, then we move on to talking about uh, McCabe and Trump firing McCabe and all these things, um, but... Um, but I wanted to give Riley a chance to clarify what she was saying as well. So um, I'm going to play that audio. You know what? I take it back. I'm going to play it at, in the middle, right when that happens, for her to clarify for about three, four minutes what she was talking about at the spot where that happens in the recording. And then um, we will go right back into the conversation of We the People, um, which will be continuing. That's how things go when you continue them. But... To give you a little bit of fun, before that happens, I'm going to do Twitter answers in just a moment with my dear friend, past guest many years ago now of the podcast, hilarious comedian who's my special guest for all of my shows at the House of Comedy, Jay Montepar, sitting here with me right now. How are you, Jay? Hi. Um, we are supposed to leave an hour and 20 minutes ago to arrive at 5 a.m. for a six-hour drive to Phoenix. And I felt bad that I was five minutes late getting here at 11.05. Yeah, you texted, I'm so sorry, 11.05, <laughs> not 11. And you texted back grapes. Mm-hmm. Which you do to me all the time, yeah. and I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> I sit there for like five to ten minutes going, grapes, grape ape, grape ape, <laughs> green or red. What is, grape, grape sounds like great, great. It's what it means. It's great. You figured it out. Yeah. Well done, dude. Right, so grapes is great, grapes. Ben Gleam fucking lingo. And it's going to catch on to all of you listening. Start saying grapes instead of great, and you're going to want to never say great again. You know what I say? I'm making America grapes again. I, I love that. What I say is whenever somebody says excellent, I say egg salad. Oh, I like that. Um, egg salad. Sometimes when people say uh, exactly, I say it as though a old Japanese man would say it. And I say the words egg, Zachary. Exactly. Egg, Zachary. Egg, Zachary. That's how they would say it. Whenever I see a, a Conoco gas station, mm-hmm. and my wife hates me for this, because when we drove cross-country, um, every time I saw a Conoco gas station, I turned into an old Japanese man, and I would say, A Conoco! That was so loud. <laughs> I know. A Conoco. A Conoco. And I, like I wouldn't stop until she said... Okonoko. Oh, that's cute. And then why is Conan O'Brien's production company also doing gas stations? I didn't even know that that Ooh, was happening. It's called Conoco's company. If you have questions, my big question is, why do you have three cans of pepper spray on your coffee table? In case I get attacked three times. <laughs> They're in packages. No, it's meant to give us gifts to my female friends who don't own pepper spray. Wow. So they can protect themselves. Pre- you're a preclusive protector. Preclusive? You preclude, you, you preclude, you come before, you're someone who comes before the attack, you're preclusive. You, oh, preclusive, preclusive means something that will make that thing not happen. Okay. So, yes. Yeah. That's what I am. Um, and I always forget that I give it to my girlfriends and then they're, they leave and I'm like, ah, oh, the pepper spray. And they're like, damn it. And then you know, I've you given it do. to several. I've given it to several already. You got to teach them a lesson. Also, so, why are you standing on my cables? Make me very uncomfortable. No, they're just, just standing like on the cables. Cords. We can move them around a little. Bit. Okay, so what if you gave the pepper sprays to girls? Yep. And then you knew that they weren't going to use it. So right. then you put on dirty clothing and then scared the shit out of them to show them. Okay, you're not a preclusive protector. You're a. Uh, I'm a creepy lesson. idea generator. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's not a good plan. Well, it would show him. And then you would say, use the pepper spray. Why didn't you use the pepper spray? If I told him it was a training exercise in advance, I might No, don't it. tell him. No, then it's a really bad plan. They would hate you for a couple of weeks, and then they would not go, forever, you know, forever. forever. Okay, you'd lose friends. You'd lose. Yeah, Forget it's a it. really bad plan. I'm not good at plans. No, it's not a great plan. Follow Jay at Jay Montepar. <laughs> M-O-N-T-E-P-A-R-E. Send your complaints that away. But since we have a six-hour drive ahead of us. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go. the mountains of Arizona. Yep. Good. Is there mountains? It feels like it's pretty flat to There's, get there. no. There, have you ever going, driven there? Yeah, we go through mountains. I've driven there. We go through hairpin turn mountains. I never look at what I drive to. Last time I went there, Stephanie Sambari, Sambari also past podcast guest, uh, got me a speeding ticket. So let's not do that again. How did she get that for you? We had just smoked pot. She did. I, of course, was driving and was totally sober. But, sure. Um, and and uh, we get pulled over by a cop. So we were like kind of going fast. We were singing, talking. Oh, we were talking about some deep stuff. And uh, the cop pulls over. She has her leg That's up. That's the exact opposite, by the way. We were singing, talking. No, no, really I forgot. Deep we were singing. We were talking about deep okay. stuff. We were getting just like great ideas about life and stuff. Yeah, and about careers and things. We get pulled over, and she has. You know, you know, she's all like fucking like laissez faire and casual about her vibe. Yeah, and she has her like leg up on the dashboard, and the cop comes and she like pulls her sunglasses down. This is like late, late at night, <laughs> and she or her real glasses. <laughs> Risky business. And she literally says to the cop. <laughs> Sorry, we were just coming up with great ideas. <laughs> was just like, like she thinks the world are yeah. stand up comedians. Yeah. And then he like, would go, like, Oh, did you write them down? Oh, great stuff. Did you get them down? Did you get them down? You gotta get that up as soon as you did can. Did you guys figure out whose was whose? Yeah, so he was not amused. No. And just immediately turned so cold and gave me a ticket. How much? It was like three, four hundred dollars. For speeding? Yep. Not for weeding? No, he didn't smell it. You guys smoke that non-smelly weed. She did. She smokes it. I was driving. What do you think about me? You're a perfect human. Anyway, um, it is time (laughs) to check in with the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The Glebe Squad and all of us. The Beglebers that will overtake the Beliebers. Don't stop the Glebe. The Glebe Nation, the Glebe Mob, the Glob, the Glebe Around the Globe. I like that one. You like that? Glebe Around the Globe? Thank you, Glebe on the Globe. It's a show title I've considered for different show formats. Is it on your like board? Man, of, instead of Man on the Street, it's Glebe on the Globe. Glebe on the Globe. Is it on your uh, Beautiful Mind chalkboard no, over there? I have a chalkboard full of like physics equations and like... Um, I came towards, over his house and yeah. I looked at... There's a chalkboard in his kitchen. It's a big one. And I swear to God, it looked like a scene from A Beautiful Mind. But yeah. it had like comedy words on it. Only I get laid less. Yeah, only you get laid so... They didn't figure out that game theory. Does he get laid a lot? Russell Crowe? Well, yeah, he beautiful... figured it out. One he time he, the girl, he got the girl's dreams. Yeah, once. He convinced the other guys to go for the less hot girls because somehow that was better for them. I don't know how he Do you think Russell Crowe, the autistic man on a beautiful mind, is getting laid less than Ben Glebe, a comic that's out every night on the fucking thing? No, I think thing? he's getting laid more. Okay. That's my whole point. More right. than more than me. Mathematically. I'm not getting laid. I haven't had sex in a long time. Really? Yep. People. We, we need to remedy this. Let's but, brave art this. Yeah, we'll if you come out, remedy that. If you come out to our shows in Phoenix this weekend, there's a decent chance I will sleep with you. I think about a 50% chance. Mm-hmm. If, Wait, come on what, based on what? 50%? If you're, yeah, if you're throwing a game at me, it's a 50-50. Okay. Because also, if you think about it, technically it's accurate, right? No. You either, there's, there's no, up, you're no either going to sleep with somebody it. or you're not. Two options, 50-50. Yeah, that's true. You see what I'm saying? But what if there's how many people? No, this theory's shot because how many women? And then uh, is there a line out the door? 
if you pick yeah, the first person, then the there's door, a zero dude. percentage dude, for I'm everybody a, else. I'm it's a, not a 50 50 for everybody else. I used, to be, I used else. to be a game show host. There's a line <laughs> out the door. <laughs> no, but I'm saying if you say with the first girl who's a 50 50, yeah. you say yes, then for everyone else, zero percent chance. So you said if you come to the show, there's a 50 You're not even taking into the, into the equation orgies. Are you, are you? Did you even uh, think about that? Orgies, as they say in Latin. We might do a, a real fun, all around happy participant gangbang. You know what? That should be the name of your next album. Happy Participant Gang Bang. You have a ring on. Yeah. What is that? It's a bug. It's a bug on his finger. Ladies, he has a bug on his finger. If you want, they can, his bug can be in your... Fuchuchu? Oh, my God. You say terrible things. I should, you turned it off. No, I didn't turn it off. I just wanted to see He's about to turn it off. No, no. I just want to make sure because I've, I've never had such a long aside during the intro of Twitter Answers. <laughs> The Brain Trust. It's Twitter answer. Go. All right, so I asked the Brain Trust, what is the best candy of all time? And explain why. And so many answers this week. We're going to dive through some. I'd like our re- both of our reactions. I've not read these yet. I'm going to go raw. I'm going to go raw dog. Wow, this is tough. Chris, UK Brain Trust, the British Bureau of this podcast, tweeted peanut butter M&M's, chocolate, peanut butter, and a sugary shell. All the major food groups in one sweet candy. Incorrect. Absolutely not. Not even close. Totally wrong. It's ridiculous. Stupid. Wendy Croy says mallow cups. Perfect ratio of chocolate to marshmallow filling and free money in every one. Get what is she fucked. talking about? I don't even know what that means. Get fucked, I do mallow love cup. marshmallow. What is this, 1953? I've never heard of a mallow is cup. Is Ed Grimley? What are you talking about, mallow cups? They're a delicious candy, I must say. <laughs> I must say. I must say. <laughs> um, one time I was at a taping of the Martin Short Show. He had a talk show for a minute when I was a young boy. Yeah. You're stepping my cables again. Uh. Stepping right on them. And you can scoot them, but you don't. You know, you not have to have a huge like. I'm not a big scooter. Gay senator stance. You don't like this one. I wish stance. everyone could see this. Stance. Oh, you're standing asunder in a way. I'm gonna take a photo of it right now, just the way you are, so I can post it because it's rondonculus. I even have to flash it because it's so absurdity. I mean, just look at you. Well, yeah, these that because the cable very weird. No, you could have moved the cable. I've said that several. All times. right, so I'm gonna move. It there now. you go. Now you're good. Um, so anyway. Uh, the warm-up guy before Martin Short ever came out says, who here can do an Ed Grimley impression? I volunteer. I go up on stage. And I'm doing Ed Grimley. And Martin Short comes out right behind me. And I turn around like, oh, my God. And he goes, uncanny, my boy. Oh, my God. It's pretty great. I used to, like, skip classes in college to watch Ed Grimley. Yeah. I like well, him. You could have, you know, DVR'd it. Not Ed Grimley. I'm sorry. Not Ed, Ed Grimley. The he other character he did. Which? The, the what, I can't remember his name. The, the big, stupid... Interviewer guy who interviewed like all oh, the in- wait oh Jiminy Glick yes oh that's not the same but it's still so great um, Kimberly at Hugs and Kiss three says love 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 dark dove dark chocolate promises what is going on with people this is incorrect as well so wrong um, Sonia at Sonia Gwen easy atomic fireball fiery yeah, on the outside but if you can take the heat you'll be rewarded with a soft sweet inside this is a candidate no, this is a this candidate this was third grade that, that like was a atomic ball. fireball and third grade okay that's true Mary Jane's Jason Geddes says because they're legal in all 50 states what are Mary Jane's guns and goo balls man <laughs> <laughs> um wow people can't if you get put more than one choice I'm definitely not gonna even like yeah, mention get away the sweet, although somebody said sweet tarts and sweet tarts responded great choice 
So I like when corporations respond. And you liked it with the heart. I just hearted it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Bullock says Twix bites unwrapped. What do you mean? What does that mean unwrapped? Yeah, well, you, if you put them with the wrapper, it's disgusting. I ate a large bag of these in one sitting to ease the pain of finishing the wire. It's the cure for any binge-worthy series. I know what he's talking about. What does he mean unwrapped? Because they, they'll sell a, a, a big bag of it with individually wrapped things in there, so you have like just a whole landfill of shit around yeah. you when you're done. He's talking about it's just a bag of unwrapped, like maybe you've spent They sell them unwrapped? Min- no, I think oh. he spends like 10 to 15 minutes unwrapping them and throwing them That's back in the bag. That's interesting. That's uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, uh, Liz oh. at Sweet Princess. Well, that's a standard. L says, I think it's a good choice, though. Yeah. Because they're mean, freaking delicious, and you don't have to share with peanut allergy people. That's top good five. That's a good point. Reese's Pieces, Stilly no. Millie says. Still Millie says. No. They're pretty good. No. Um, they're pretty good. Because they're reminds too airy. They're too airy. The thing that's good about the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups is that they're... Yeah, it's more to chew into. Yeah, even though it's so small, you're pissed off, it's too little. But it's dense, it's wavy. Darren Jowers says, I'm with Prince Harry and our love for official Haribo. Official, uh, obviously there are numerous varieties they make, but the classic gummy bear has the best texture, assortment of flavors in history to establish themselves as the best candy. They are at least the best manufacturer of candy. It's too hard. It's too hard. Yes. And they're not even the best gummy bear. No, Heidi is the best gummy bear. You know where you want to get the best Heidi. gummy bears? Go to Target and get Dude. Target brand gummy bears. You don't bears. know what you're talking about. Heidi's the best gummy well, bear. I haven't had those, but Haribo is too hard. I'm skipping a candy I've never heard of. Swedish Fish, Charity says. Those are so good. The Boston reds, and Sav. The they are. A lot of the flavors are pretty damn good. She doesn't know why, though. That's weird. Because when you eat them, they taste good. Lynn Marie Lunny says candy cigarettes so I could look cool and not ruin my lungs. But they're terrible the candy. They're horrible. Terrible they, they're, candy. they're worse than baseball card gum. And they don't even puff out the puff. They usually. do one half, one a, half puff, a puff. And then you're never exactly cool. Exactly right. Baseball card gum couldn't be the worst, worst ever. It's there the is nothing ever. worse than that. Then, but the disappointment you get when you only get a half a puff from that gum cigarette puts it in league with the shitty taste of the baseball gum. Yeah, it does. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Another Kit Kat vote. Another a Pez vote from Madeline Johnson. Light, not overbearing taste. Tiny, so I can eat a little and not feel sick. And definitely beats all with the dispensers made for everyone. I mean, it's a pretty good candidate as a best candy. They're very tasty. I often just pack, fly through a whole, pa- a whole flavor when pack. When was the last time row. you were stoned and you went, man, I could use this some Pez? Oh, I've been stoned and eaten Pez many But times. you said to yourself, we got to get some Pez. No, I haven't said that. No one has said that. Another Kit Kat vote. A lot of Kit Kat votes. Where are, like, uh, Milk Duds? Where are Milk Duds? Milk Duds is not number one. So good, though. Um, what else? We Twizzlers! Got? What the fuck is wrong with people? No, Twizzlers are pretty good, but the first time I had them, the taste was horrendous. Because you were a Red Vine guy. A few votes here from Skit. I was a Red Vine guy. That's exactly right. Yeah. Skittles says Nikki Nikki Bobicky. Those can be good, but how? Very good. If if you eat more than one package, your jaw is hurting for three days. That's also true. That is also true. Spree. I like a good spree. Uh, we're approaching the, the end here. I mean, there's a lot of answers. I'd be very honest with you. Push Pop says Manda L. Ultimate seduction tool. Who doesn't love a mimed BJ by a chick with a blue tongue? It's a very good argument. It's not a candy. Uh, it's not I a candy. It's a push pop. You mean a push up pop? It's no, ice cream. The, the ice cream thing. You know what's better it's than push a push pop? It's not a, candy a rocket either. pop is way better. It's the king of all pops. Yeah, it's huge. It makes a good point, but disqualified on it not the being lemon? a candy. Um, yeah, it doesn't. And then we've got um, John Candy says fancy party, Carla. I like what you did there, John Candy you? for the movies. Uh, 
You get drunk, like you him. get it. He was one oh, of the best. Oh, Jeff Wild. Should have seen old... the toast. You couldn't even get it through the door. <laughs> <laughs> At Jiffy Wild, my old Chelsea Lately buddy, hot tamales because chewy is the best consistency and cinnamon is truly a timeless flavor. I, I don't disagree with that. Hot tamales always surprise me every time yes. I have them. I go, I really like these. Mm-hmm. And then I don't care to get them again. But mm-hmm. when I do have them, I go, I should get these more. Yep. You know what else I do that with? No. Baby Ruth. Okay. I like Baby Ruth once in a blue, very rare. Yeah, but you don't ever go want to buy it. Right. But then when you're eating, like, this is fucking delicious. But yeah, I mean, it's a spicy candy, a hot tamale, and you don't expect that to be good, and it's really flipping good. I think that the the sleeper candy of all time is a whatchamacallit. I don't have ever had one. We're going to have one on the road. No, we're not. I'm on a diet. Just started yesterday. Oh, perfect. Lindsey Green at Lindsey Green. Pop rocks. And I must I explain as to why? Let's just say they are more than a tasty little sizzle in your mouth, depending how you choose to use them. Ooh, she's talking about where is she putting? She's talking these? about the Pop Rocks blowjob. Oh, That's the thing you do. The PRP people do that. Yeah, really. PRBJ, and it looks like and it feels like your dick yeah. is exploding it in is their exploding. mouth. Yeah, it feels like somebody has <laughs> set off an explosive in your dick. Is that scary? No, it's really pretty fun. Have you done it? I've, I've had it. Really? Yeah, I think so. Did not, she have a Coca Cola in her mouth not, at the time? Did she sip Coca Cola? <laughs> she's dead now. She's yeah. dead now. Yes. Your dip, my, I don't have a dick head anymore. I don't know if I actually have had it done. Now that I think of it, no, I had Altoids. I had Altoids. That's the thing people talk about too. Really, it gives you a cool, cool mint breeze and then ice, of course. Well, the ice cube I'm thing. Sharing too much. That was the worst in high school when you wanted to do the, like your girlfriend to have an ice blowjob and then right. your bed. You were just sitting in cold water for the rest of the sex. Not but. unlike normal. It's true. You, you know have what I sex mean? Sex in cold water. You no, need cold. Like that, you need cold water for your sex. And whatnot. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes I think like I might have a serious political career, and I'm like, oh, nice. <laughs> and then I speak. And I'm like, oh, right. And then you think what you think. Now you're sitting, sitting on my remote control. You're making I'm no good at electronics around It's here. incredible. You're a handyman, yet you um, can't be around electronics. Well, you have an unhealthy fear of things going wrong that won't. That's a fair point. Rich Bolisenga says, I'm going to throw a curveball and say, fund it. It comes in a variety of flavors, so you're not stuck with one choice. And it is impervious to temperature change, so if you leave it in your pocket, there's no mess. And it... Turns your tongue colors. What more does your chi- inner child need? The last time I saw Fundit was when Fundit. Bill Buckner got a ground ball between his legs. Oh, that's I think just, that was 86. Your own childhood trauma is influencing your opinion uh, there. I'm really sorry about that. But what Have you had Fundip in the last five years? No, not even the last eight years. But exactly. I do like Fundip. And it's fine. My problem it's is that I can't go many dips without biting into the stick and then I lose the stick. Ah. They started giving you a second stick, I think, in recent years. You're but stick shit. Yeah. You know, you understand what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Don't be... Um, and then Snickers, somebody says, because it actually fills you up. Anderson. That is a misnomer, by the judging way. Judging on taste alone, best the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Those are pretty damn tasty. Do you think that a Snickers is actually filling because it has pieces of peanuts in it? What makes it more filling than another candy bar? It's got nougat. Is it thicker? It's got caramel. You can freeze them. I don't know. More filling? I don't really know the answer. The, pe- the peanuts. What's the peanuts? Just an ad campaign, really. Okay. Got it. You're getting very heated. Otis at Omamed, our last... Well, we got two here. We got oh, we got several more. I'm so sorry, yeah. but I think this is important for us to you know, Yeah, no, this thorough. is a big issue. Big issue. We're about to get into a serious issue, but none more important than candies. Um, sugar daddies, because you could suck them into different shapes and roll them back up with your tongue, and twisting them was the best, except not if you were in the sandbox because they could get gritty. That's gross. Sugar daddies are fantastic, and they are They're the okay. worst thing in the world for you. It's pure sugar, all the way through. And then the sugar daddy, that is not as good. That's not even as sugary as the sugar. We're talking about sugar daddies. We're not talking about sugar babies. Oh, I thought you said babies. No, no, sugar daddies. Well, then the babies are better. 
Somebody said Bit Ohani. I'm not even going to tell you their name. That's ridiculous. Leave the country. I'm not going to suggest Leave the country. Say it. It's ridiculous. But the last one I hear both here say is a good point. Mark, Mike Garber at Garb says, Jelly Belly. So many different fruit flavors. Until you get to that fucking buttered popcorn one. Blows out your whole palate. Also fun to learn about those few freaks that actually like the black licorice ones. Gross. Now I've missed something to share. I always was so angry at the Jelly Belly company for making the butter popcorn one. Because it's a stinker in the middle of everything. It kills you. It ruins your life. And I recently come to appreciate it. Like a two years ago. Why? Like I was what buying this, just the tropical life? packs to uh, avoid it. And, now, me, and I like the licorice me, one too. Bring me to the point. You're sitting somewhere. What's I'll happened? tell you. I was, in my, I was back in the theater in the house here, the screening room. Uh-huh. And I'm eating Jelly Belly. I have a dispenser, Mickey Mouse dispenser. It's how I got really fat. Even just hitting yeah, that level that of mouth. one jelly belly dispenser is the thing. Yeah, I was hitting it every night. Okay. And I was eating fudge. He's hitting, that, well. he's hitting those bellies. I was hitting that belly, getting that belly. Yeah. Um, and it hit me when I got one of them. And I was, for me, I was like, oh, no. But I was Did you stoned. have a solo? I was by myself. But no, did you have the no? Ch- it the, was in order. It was, belly it was in a, solo. Yes, it was in a. It was in a sequence of eating jelly. I eat one at a time for the flavor. Oh, you're a one at a time guy. Yeah, that makes sense. And all of a sudden, I was like, you know what? It tastes like popcorn. And I like popcorn with candy at the same time. Yeah. And I got it suddenly. All chunky. of a sudden, I fucking got it. it. Made so much sense. And I realized now, the big problem with that realization was, what is real? What I was convinced it was the biggest mistake a company could ever make. The, and the now I don't hate terrible. it. What do you mean? They need to market the reason why they have that. And if you need to market the reason why you have that, where you need to have somebody say, listen, because candy is good with popcorn, you all like that shit. Yeah. If you need true, to do that, to have that realization, in order for why, it to Snickers be good. is a mainstay. You just said that it was all about the, their ad campaign, too. I mean. No, but peanuts and chocolate are good. And so is caramel. I guess I would just like to say... You just don't... When you see a jelly bean... Yeah. You would never think... Would you think asparagus? Listen, I'm not saying it's my favorite and I still don't really want it in there. I'm just saying it made me question you a lot got of it. things. You got it. And I also feel as though it made me like try to appreciate the other side more. What side? People that have other opinions different than my uh, own. Okay. So I realized on my own perspective could shift, which is how I'm going to transition to this We the People conversation because okay. we're talking on both sides of the political spectrum. And um, and trying to find solutions, trying to find middle grounds, trying to understand the other side. And it's a genuine effort to do that, the Hollywood Improv the other night. Um, and so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Jay, thank you for doing this. We have a six-hour drive. We're going to get there now at 6.35 in the morning. Perfect. After I fill up gas, 6.50 in the morning. Perfect. And this is a two-hour podcast now because we talked about candy for about 25 minutes. Yeah, that's what you do. You that makes to. sense. And we don't. I'm not even crazy, but we're at to stop. I'm gonna get candy pie at the gas station. Yeah, we're gonna get. What are you gonna get? What are you gonna get after this conversation? What are you gonna get? I'm gonna get fun dip. They don't sell that at the gas station. Get milk duds. They don't sell that either. Milk not, duds. Not a good candy selection at the gas station. I don't think. They always have Twizzlers. You know what? You know what I get my staple. No. Regular milk chocolate Hershey bar king size. Oh, no, that's interesting. Because it's a classic. Like it. I do like dude. it. That's I the used vanilla to hate ice cream. And that's no. grown on me, too. And the, I bet you like a scoop of vanilla ice cream oh. after dinner. Oh, God. I love but when you were a kid, you did not like that, right? It was not a huge Old men thing. like a scoop of vanilla. And when you say, only. What do you want for chocolate? They say, Give me a Hershey's bar. Uh-huh. That's it. Because they figured that shit out. We're, we're, we're old, man. <laughs> How have we become this? I don't know, but it makes it, have you, you put a piece of just the, the little square, the, 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 the rectangle. Yeah. Cause you can break it off. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. 
every time you get the same thing, yeah. put it on the tongue, it melts away. It's so velvety smooth. It's a it's a delicious candy. What's yeah. what's bad about eating? I like white chocolate. This might be one of my favorite candies. Actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, but they only sell those in uh, Easter rare with places. the with the Easter Bunny. Yeah, it's rare places. Yeah. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this political talk. Hopefully, you had enough laughter now. To, there's still a ton of laughter coming out at you right now in the political talk too. We were very entertaining. Oh, super! But also, it's a pretty heady conversation. I hope you enjoy. And since I don't say it at the end, I will say it now. Until last week, next week, this. Will have been in about an hour and a half when you're done listening. Last week on Earth. Now, please welcome the host of We the People from Showtime's Neurotic Gangster, Idiot Test on Game Show Network, CNN, ABC News, and MSNBC, your host, Ben Glebe! Hello, everybody. How are you? Thank you for coming out. I'm also from Fox News, okay, because I'm the moderator. I do both sides. Are there any questions so far? All right, good. This is We the People. I'm Ben Glebe. The show is called We the People as a reminder that we are the people and not two opposite teams that fucking hate each other. That's the idea of the whole damn thing. Uh, Hopefully to listen to each other and have a respectful conversation. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Last week felt a little bit less crazy, didn't it, than other weeks? Until you read the headlines. And realize that the president wants a space army. <laughs> oh, that's not great. Trump started first a war with the illegal aliens. Now he wants a war with actual aliens. <laughs> Good luck building that wall, bro. It's going to be a tough wall to build, to be honest with you. Trump isn't quite sure how this whole space force is going to work. But he does know that transgenders will not be allowed. It could distract the forces from their alien battles. He just threw the Space Force idea out there randomly during a speech, which was, of course, on a completely different topic. Trump's speeches are always sprinkled with a healthy dose of lunacy, isn't it? The first time we've ever had a president in our history who just spitballs major policy positions and now new branches of the military on live television. Seems like a solid strategy. And he was all over the place on guns the week before that. It's like, what, gun problems? What if we take away the guns? No? Okay. What if we take away the schools? I know. What if we replace all schools with guns? Just let the kids run around armed in the yard. It'll be great. Tremendous meeting, everybody. It's a very strange place we are in life. I'd like to give a shout-out to the students from Parkland. What amazing kids, am I right? My God. They're not fucking around. They organized a nationwide school walkout last week. I mean, I guess it's not that hard to talk kids into skipping school, but still. When I was a kid, we used to skip school as well, but it was just to, you know, smoke pot and go to the movies. I'm just kidding, I never did those things. I'm not saying I wasn't cool enough, but I was just afraid it was going to affect my attendance record. And I definitely never walked out of school to try and affect policy change. But... I was an extra in an episode of The Wonder Years once, where there was a walkout about the Vietnam War, and we all sang, all we are saying is give peace a chance. So, you know, same. Yeah, it's like, who says us Hollywood folk can't relate to regular Americans? Many of us have pretended to be them on TV shows. So I don't really see what the problem is. Republicans are having a hard time handling these motivated teenagers. We have not had this many... We have not had met this many kids threaten so many Republican policies since Kids in the Hall was on Comedy Central. 
and Democrats, you can call for common sense gun control and also acknowledge that mental health is part of the problem. They're not mutually exclusive things, because I have news for you, school shooters are not super normal. <laughs> Fucked up dudes, you know what I'm saying? It is possible to own a gun responsibly, and if you are of sound mind, not kill people with it. Although it is good for the audience to know that I am packing. <laughs> in case you decide to stop laughing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. Some sad news this last week, Stephen Hawking and any hope for us to save this planet died. Experts tried everything that they could to save his life, even unplugging and plugging him back in. They, yeah, yeah. they even tried Control-Alt-Delete. They took every measure possible. I understand his last words were, You've got mail. So there's definitely like a reboot, something. In all seriousness, seriousness, though, Hawking changed the way we saw the world and helped our understanding of it so much. He was truly an amazing mind, and so now we have none left. Which is great. I look forward to I look forward to Kanye West's new physics book. I'm the greatest physics book of all time. He's gonna sell it for 150 bucks and then we'll have no sleeves. Hope Hicks was fired from the White House last week, which is ironic because Trump's campaign was based on giving hope to Hicks. I say Hicks in a loving way, not the way some of them say Jew. (laughs) Sex and the City, Cynthia Nixon announced she is running for governor of New York. Ugh, what a Miranda thing to do. (laughs) Apparently her her platform is going to be losing. So good luck with that. Stormy Daniels back in the news. She claims she will give back the $130,000 she was paid as hush money so she can legally tell her story. This is the first time in history that a porn star has tried to give the money back after fucking somebody. <laughs> I guess she just did it for the privilege of making love to the rare specimen that is Donald Trump. It must be how Jane Goodall felt with the apes. <laughs> also, Trump is the first guy ever to pay a porn star to keep her mouth shut. <laughs> so we're breaking lots of new ground. Is anybody surprised, by the way, that the president is in a controversy with a porn star? And by far, she's the classic one. <laughs> by far. What has this man done to the highest office in the land? My dad actually said to me yesterday, you could be president someday. No offense. <laughs> Are you ready to meet our Americans? Are you ready? All right, representing the left, he co-hosts a podcast called Infodels. And his debut album, Chillennial, is up for pre-order right now. Please welcome the very funny Faraz Ozell. Hello, hello. Oh, I like shirt on. That's weird. I know, dude. Keep your jacket on. I will. It's very hot. I'm sweating in this oh. leather. It's fake leather. Don't worry, you guys. Animals die anyway. You may as well use the skins. <laughs> You've seen our next guest on the TV show, Take My Wife, and she is the head writer for the International Waters podcast on the Max Fun Network. Please welcome Riley Silverman. Welcome. And representing the right, he is a writer for the Ellen Show and has been heard on NPR. On its NPR. Please welcome Adam Yesner, everybody. Hello, sir. And then our last guest is the creator and founder of TrumpSingles.com and is also the host of the radio show Connecting the Right. Please welcome David Goss. Hello, sir. 
Thank you guys for being here. It's going to be good. I'd like you to know that you all have a fact check card. So one time during the show, if you believe somebody's spreading fake news, you can say fact check. And our founding father in the back there, Ken Gar, will uh, look it up and then get back to us with the truth. Fact check, was I on NPR? I, I'm, I'm going to say no Conan. based on that question. You were in Conan, not on NPR. That was some bullshit right there. That's why they didn't even listen to the show. Two, no, one, so, we're good. so you used yours, thank you. <laughs> Great. That's a confident move to get rid of the fact check up top. All right. It's a bold we're, strategy. It's a very bold strategy. And just so everybody listening to my podcast last week on Earth, this is being simulcast. Let's hear everybody's voices. This is what Ken sounds like. Well, my name's Dave, but... Right, that's my name, Dave. Use your fact check card, too. Sorry, Dave. Do you think all ball guys look the same? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah Ken's in the back, also bald. That is Dave, Goss. Not very sensitive. We're just trying to make sure you guys are paying attention. There's going to be a lot of details coming at you. And that name right there is Faraz Ozell. Riley sounds like this. This is Riley. Hello, and Yesner. How's it going? There you go. Okay, good. I bet we want to point out Beyonce had the best physics book of all time. Just <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> We're going to get started. Our first segment we like to call Can We All Agree? Because we want to start easy and see if we can all agree on anything up top. So, can we all agree that everybody hates when any president visits their town? Yes. I mean, I get it that like democracy or whatever, but I was stuck on Mulholland for an hour. <laughs> Some bullshit. It's not like the old days when people would stand in the streets and there would be parades and shit. After Kennedy got shot, we really stopped hanging out waiting for the president to visit. Do we agree? Oh, we definitely agree. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, don't, I don't get what it's for anymore. Like I, I, I think the idea is supposed to be like be always a man of the people, but it's like he's not doing meet and greets. It's not like a con, like a comic con where he's signing autographs and stuff. Like right. he's only meeting you if you have like a million dollars to pay for a meet and greet. Otherwise, he just you might as well just turn on TV and watch. Like, they're playing his speakers on CNN anyway. Just turn yeah. on TV and watch them. So there. would you appreciate it more if he was signing autographs like Comic Con? Is that your point? Yes, exactly. I'm surprised he's not selling autographs. I, yeah. <laughs> You could totally see that move coming out of Trump. Be like, pleasure to meet you as well. That's 40 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> at, at work, we saw his plane. They'd be pre-printed, though. He wouldn't be signing that much. <laughs> right. At work, we also saw his plane fly over, which is exciting. At the Ellen show. But then everyone who likes him is like, oh, there's the president. And everyone who hates him is like, yeah, he's leaving. So we've got to all agree on that. All right, should we get into like a more controversial topic? This is a tough one. We call this one reality versus reality TV host. Recently, President Trump's approval rating has gone up from 34 to 40%, according to some polls. Is it possible he might actually be doing a good job? Take away his Twitter. Seriously, please, somebody take it away. <laughs> if you take away his Twitter, his abusive relationship with the media, and just focus on job numbers, the economy, tax breaks, race relations, the wall, all of his policy actions. Let me share some more facts before we get into this. <laughs> Many Americans are feeling optimistic about the economy. Unemployment's at a 17-year low, an all-time low for African Americans. A lot of people on both sides are excited about the North Korean talks that might be happening in May with Kim Jong-un. I personally believe Un's going to stiff them and stand them up there on a tarmac someplace, but we'll see. Uh, if so, he'll be the first sitting, sitting American president to meet with North Korean leadership. And his new tax plan rolled out a month ago seems to be hit with a lot of Americans on both sides. So, is Trump actually doing a good job as president. Dave? I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to say he's not when his approval rating at this point is higher than Justin Trudeau's. 
<laughs> That's a low bar, don't you think? Yeah, but they're Canadians. They're the nicest people in the world. He, 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 could, he, could, he could literally shoot somebody out in the middle of the street. They're like, oh, it's okay. You know, it's, they're not going to really worry about it. But it, to, for Trump to be doing what he's doing and have his approval rating be where it's at, he's got to be doing something right to have some people on the left be like, okay, maybe you know, he's going to give me some money. I guess we're going to be, be all right here. Yeah, fair enough. By the way, in case you don't know who Justin Trudeau is, he's an aspiring Bollywood movie star. <laughs> uh, well, how about here I on, the, we had the, fun. on the left? I mean, I, I guess I don't think that going from 34 to 40 is, like, really cause for celebration. For like, if It was my guy, and he was going from 34 to 40. I would go, okay, he's doing it. He's making he's a D, he's a D minus student now. Like, I don't think that would really be, like, my exciting moment. And I also, I feel like some of the things, like some of the stuff I'm talking about, like, look, I'm not an, an economics like, expert, but I do know that the economy moves slowly. And like, like, over and over again, I keep hearing the economy we have right now is a result of the last eight years and more building into it. Like, we're coming off of a decline. So it's like, I don't know if you can give him all the credit for what he's done in one year. And the things that he has done, like, the things that I care about, I, I, I care about the economy, but there's a lot of other stuff that's that he's destroying. Name three. Uh, the environment, uh, all of my rights, and uh, immigration. Gender American. Yes. All like, of your rights. And as a gay American, yes. You care about your own rights, though? A little bit, a little bit. Just a right. That's that's controversial statement. Yeah. <laughs> controversial statement. Yeah. I think that, uh, I mean, we talk about this 40% approval rating at this time, but if you look at the approval rating of... And I think it's his average is actually below average of any sitting president in the first term. It is for this, for this time yeah. into within, it. For, yeah. Within 14 months of office, most presidents' average is around 48%. Even Gerald Ford was at like 44 And now It was higher, but he, he fell into it and but dropped. Yeah, he fell. <laughs> I heard about that. So, but I mean, all that being aside... What do we really care about what, like, approval rating... Like, what are these... What are people saying when they approve of something? Like, you look at statistics of what other Americans believe, and it is fucking alarming. Oh, yeah. You know I don't I mean? know why the news ever even shares reactions. Like, well, there's a terrible event. Let's get full reaction from idiots that don't know shit. Yeah. I don't care about that, but I'm just asking your own professional opinion. Right. So, do you think he's doing a good job? Let me tell you some fun, fun statistics that I looked up. 13% of Americans believe Obama is literally the Antichrist. <laughs> literally, 4% of Americans... But how many believe Trump is that? <laughs> That's strong, a strong counterpoint. I think people who believe in the Antichrist think that Trump is a savior. Exactly. Even more even more thing for me to... Yeah. You, you support my point. So I don't give a shit about what these approval ratings say because yeah. you can find people 40%, 45%, 4% believe real lizard people control politics. Four. That's 12 million Americans. Yeah. That's a real statistic. 60% believe God created uh, human beings 10,000 years ago. So you're going to tell me 40% believe Trump is good? That means he's good? I don't How dare you? It's 7,000 years the, ago. The, the approval rating is just a popularity contest. You know, yeah. great, you're, great, you're prom, you're prom queen. You won. Great. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I don't know if you won, though. 40%. Again, I don't know numbers work. The thing of the 40%, though, he's also the only president who never had any political job ever. Like, if you just took a person and let them be in charge of the country. It's like the movie day. It's not, like, I, like, I was a never-Trump conservative. Yeah. So, like, when I go to, like, I, like, I'm in the minority of people who don't hate him and don't love him. Like, like I'm always like, like, Trump is like, like, he's not doing as good as anyone says he is. You guys are referred to as, as coma America. As bad as anyone's. No, I was, like, Trump is like the Seattle of presidents. It's like when people are like, oh, it's awesome. I'm like, no, it kind of sucks. <laughs> and then, I'm like, then when they're like, oh, it's so bad, I'm going to kill myself. I'm like, relax, it's not that bad. <laughs> it has some good qualities. Name a good quality of, of the Trump so, president. So we've already named, the, the economy's doing well. He, defi- he defeated ISIS in Iraq. And as far as, I mean, sorry, in Raqqa, in Syria. Right. That was a, that was a mistake. Pushed him out of Raqqa. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, when it comes to the things that he promised he would do, and I know the left doesn't agree with this, but he's getting his wall built. He's uh, got his tax plan. He's got his tax plan. Even TrumpSingles.com with the American flag tie shaking his head on that one. He's got his, his, his tax plan uh, that went through. Yep. He got Neil Gorsuch confirmed to the Supreme Court. Yep. So there are things that he's doing. But it's doing, not only him doing that, or is that the people who were obstructing the justice in the previous administration are no longer obstructing it? Like, is that really Trump doing that, or is that McConnell and the Senate doing that? But the reason they can do that, the reason that they could fight the um, nomination before is because enough people re- elected Republicans that they had a majority where they could do that. Right, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying people. literally any Republican in the, the office people. could have done it. But though. he's in charge of it. Like, so the, the, people, the people did that. Trump did it. Yeah, yeah but you have to give... I'm that no, I not, think you have to give... You have to give Trump credit for the things that his administration is overseeing if you're going to give him the blame for every single yeah. thing that they do that they don't get. Yeah, credit but for. that's not as fun. <laughs> See, I don't know if I agree with that because, it's like, okay, so the things, you know what, you're right. Like, the things that he promised to do that he's doing, I guess so, like, on that level, you can say he's successful, but that doesn't mean that I think he's a good president because the things that he's doing, which he promised to do and is doing, are, in my opinion, going to destroy us. Like, right. all the cuts he's making to education and stuff like that, those are lasting, devastating effects. As, uh, but I think that's also thinking about the future with any president. Like, yeah, don't think, think about, about the economic, future. No, yeah. but, but what I'm saying is, like, economic things, it's always hard to say because you can look at the stock market and say it's up one day and then everybody's like oh it's working and then it's down the next day right. and it says oh it's a disaster so uh, you know I think there are definitely things I agree with you where it's yet to be seen what the long term effects of them will be but I, I don't think the country has sort of fallen apart in the way that some people predicted that I think, Trump I think that the, the just go back to the point we we're making about if we're looking at the economy or jobs or unemployment as a factor of his success that's there's just a lot of incongruencies there like a lot of it sure. has to do with stuff that was set up for Obama or pastimes I mean there's not that much that has been done in the first year. If it was him or anyone else, where you could say within one year, I mean, no one has that much time to, to tweet and make that kind of difference in the economy. Like, there's a lot of shit going on. There's yeah, I mean, parts, I, think, you know? I think that he probably deserves some credit for the stock market because his, his aggressive move to take executive actions to deregulate a lot of things that helped maybe protect the world, but maybe to some degree stymie profits of corporations like environmental rollbacks and education rollbacks and things like this. Uh, are definitely helping the economy, or the stock market rather, plus the fact that a lot of people also are, who are the heads of companies, are investing and are move, making moves because they also don't expect Trump to accomplish a lot, mm-hmm. so they know things won't be changing, so it's kind of a stable yeah. Yeah. moment, actually. I think it's also world. like, it's like people saw him coming in and they knew he's kind of like, yo, fuck humanity, fuck the environment, yeah. fuck emissions, climate warming's great, fuck Chinese people, we've got to get this money, you know what I mean? <laughs> so of course it's going to go up, it's called speculation, but you know what else has speculation? Bitcoin, that shit was at $17,000, Trump is like the Bitcoin of politics, people are like, the economy's going to boom, everyone people training him up, but in like six months, eight months, two years, it's going to plummet, everyone's going to be like, where's my fucking gun, you know what I mean? I, uh, I just did a fact you know check, and, and Trump week? is not a 90s rapper, so, not a 90s <laughs> but he lives like one. You see the golden toilet, right? Like, come on. Drew, <laughs> his name on everything. Yeah. Fucking porn stars. You don't know how he identifies, bro. Don't be <laughs> <laughs> on their side of mine. He's too racist for that. So yeah. I think in the stock market, there's some credit. I do for sure agree that with the economy more generally, it's Obama's policies thus far. Tax cut hasn't even taken effect. And I think one of the biggest tests is going to be the 2018 midterms. We're going to see if people really trust the Republicans going forward because of what Trump's doing, because of what he's saying, who he's pushing. Uh, we're going to see uh, November's going to be a big going to be a big deal this year. Um, I mean, and also you know Trump he, he promised a lot of shit, and he's been doing it. No matter whether you like it or not, 
How many other politicians have gone through and said, I promise I'm going to yeah. do some promise to do this, I promise this, and then they actually follow through with it? They don't, they don't fucking do it. That's why everyone hates politicians. But now you just hate Trump because he's fucking Trump. But he's actually following through with what, he's, what, what he said he's going to do. Well, you, you give him some credit for that for sure because he is being effective at, his, at a lot of his promises. But he also is the king of doing something I've never seen. Poli- like all politicians contradict themselves. But Trump, unlike any other, is the only one that contradicts himself within the same sentence yeah. at all times. Oh, yeah. well, so, he's pro- so when you promise both sides of an issue, it's very easy to deliver. You can also fail every single time. He literally would like say... He literally would like... He would, he would literally say things in the campaign like, I would never say Hillary's not qualified to be president, but she's not. He'll congratulate himself for his contradiction, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. He'll endorse a candidate, endorse him, say we brought him up, things like... He lost, he was weak. I brought him up to just below victory level. <laughs> so we're really trying to have it both ways. Yeah. And unfortunately, he doesn't always pick the best candidates, uh, Roy Moore. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Well, one, he didn't pick Roy Moore. He picked Luther Strange. And Luther Strange lost to Roy Moore. And then, well, and then he jumped on, then jumped on the, the pedophile train with, uh, with, with, yeah. with, with uh, Roy Moore. That should so. be his re-election <laughs> slogan. Jump on the pedophile train. <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> now, as the founder of TrumpSingles.com, what do you do? You get very bothered when he does these flip flops, when he does these statements on both sides, when he clearly is lying. Does that bother you? Does that erode your faith at all in in the great orange one? We knew who he was from the beginning. It's not like it's not like it's not an bo- answer to the question. Does it erode your love of him? I, I never had love for him. I thought I just thought that he was going to be that he was the best option that we had over Hillary. You know, I was a Ted Cruz guy going into all this. And, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I know it's tough being a conservative in the middle of freaking Hollywood. But, you know, I was never... Heart uh, for you. I, I, was, I, was, I was never... I wasn't a Trump guy until until, until later on, until uh, I saw that he was actually going to possibly be win, winning the, uh, the nomination. So I never had this, this love for him. Everyone thinks that I'm this big Trump boomer. And I was just like, as long as he's doing a good job, I appreciate that. When he acts like an idiot, I'll point it out. And I do. I point it out a lot because he acts like an idiot a lot. Dave, I just yeah. checked. Uh, TedCruzSingles.com is available. So. <laughs> I know, I just, even, even Ted Cruz can't get a date on that. I, I, just, let that, I just let that domain lapse today. But I will so say the Cruz singles have taken since the 70s. So. <laughs> and I am curious how it will play out where you're saying he'll contradict, contradict himself in one sentence. There does seem to be, and it's weird because he just kind of like goes with his gut at any given moment, right. where he doesn't have like a guiding ideology like other politicians do. No, so, which would be there, nice. It yeah. would be, but then I wonder if for the really, president. But there might be opportunities for conversation there with like on gun control, where he'll say for weeks and months Hillary's going to take your guns, and then when he's talking after the shooting, and he goes, he goes, maybe we should just take people's guns. With <laughs> and then he comes back a week later and goes, never and then mind. Goes, no. And then like also like the dreamer issue would just come up a lot, where he'll. He'll sort of say he's on one side and then do something else. It does seem like there's all this like furor over what he's saying, but because he doesn't have a guiding ideology, he there is some sort of way maybe to influence him. This is, this is the one nicest side. sales pitch for spinelessness I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's spineless. He's definitely when, not spineless. When a Democrat has just, his, when he goes back to what he if you say something about the NRA and then but, you go back and switch back when you find out you didn't I didn't realize what I was saying. But I think it's more his lack of conviction and his determination to just be like he, he, the only thing he cares about is Hang on. himself. Let's go I, what I'm going to say about this is when a Democrat runs for something and they have changed their mind over time because of being influenced by like like Obama switching from being against gay marriage to being pro it. 
Every single thing is he's a waffler. He's a he's yeah, a and good I would say that about Trump also. But, you're, but you just said it as a positive about him. Like, oh, there's room no. for him to discover ideas and contradict his own thoughts. No, That's but, what people are but, doing. But I think in Obama it was a principled move. I think with Trump, like, like it's like I don't know where he stands, so you don't know which way. So you feel like a lack of conviction can be a good thing. But I, I, I think I'm just trying to say silver lining. Yeah, you're just saying I, silver lining. Maybe you can it's get this conversation to see where it will go. I, like I said, I wasn't like a, I didn't vote yeah, for right, Trump. Sure. I'm not like a big Trump fan. Right. But it's hard to like. It's very hard for me to ever pin down where he is. I know what you mean. I'll take. I'll take that fucking W. You know. When you came out, I don't know if it's a W yet. When he said the thing about the NRA, all of us had a moment where we were like, "Oh, maybe this insanity could be good." You know, like maybe this could sometimes lean more. When I was at CPAC, he said one thing that silenced the crowd in not a good way for him. And he said universal background checks and stronger background checks for for. Gun purchases. Why would you want that? And, My God. Hey, I'm a gun owner, a member of the NRA. I'm a total gun guy, and I'm sitting there like I'm like one of like five people. It's clapping like after he says that. Right. Everyone else is like, oh. Yeah. And then they're waiting for him the next day. The next thing is they can start chanting USA and lock her up. Right. And that's it. Bananas. That could be something we agree on. So let's move to resolution, Ben. Can yes. we okay. all agree that is Trump doing an effective job? Well, well, I have one. Before we go to resolution, one last question about it is just this. So we can debate all day whether the policies he's enacting and the moves he's making are good for the country or not. But I think we can all agree maybe that he's being fairly effective at the things that he wants to do. But to me, the problem that makes him, is he being a good president, which is the question we pose, that throws it all out the window. And I'd love to just quickly get the conservative side's response to it, is to me, he truly poses, I'm not kidding when I say he truly poses, I believe he truly poses a, a systemic risk to our democracy, to the foundations of our country. Because when you every day are throwing our nation under the bus by literally saying our judiciary is biased, by saying our elections are rigged, by saying our our congressmen are weak, by saying that every fact you hear is not true if it doesn't go with your ideology, by literally pushing us into this fake news, quote-unquote, post-truth era, and then at the same time not condemning our proven long-term enemy in Russia who is infiltrating our election again for the midterms and not spending the money used that's appropriated to stop that and truly just not, to me, I really think it's treasonous because that's the definition of treason, aiding and abetting, giving comfort to our enemies when, when basically throwing our own nation under the bus. How does that, as an issue, not supersede to any conservative, every other issue? Because to me, if you don't have the cores of the country, it could crumble away. Why do you care about incremental changes in regulation or maybe moving towards a wall or whatever? This is our unbiased moderator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, hold on. I don't know. I don't know. No, no, wait, wait. Before you say that shit, listen, I'm being unbiased doesn't mean I have to be retardedly okay. dumb. And I apologize for saying you were retarded. But you know what I'm saying. You know, say some things. I, here's what, I agree with you on a lot of I'm things. trying to be in the middle between left and right, not between treason and not treason. This is a question yeah, about care. the foundation of our democracy. I don't think there's been proof of treason yet in any way. I will. I don't think he's. Un, I don't think he will like destroy our democracy. I will agree with you in so far that he mismanages a lot of things with his administration, and I wish both in the way he speaks and in the way he conducts, you know, the the management of the personnel in his administration. I wish he did that better. He mismanages that terribly. What about just calling into question, making us be sowing doubt in our very institutions? Does that not bother you, Dave? I don't think he's sowing doubt. Like I don't, I don't see it that way. Um, I see he's he's a he's confident idiot. 
and he's and he's just and he's trying to do the best that he can for not being a politician. And he's he's up there, and he's and he's and like I said, he's doing he's actually doing a pretty good job, and he's not being treasonous. Same like that gets tossed around so fucking much, and he's he's not. He's he he's there hasn't been any and there hasn't been anything that's proven that any type of collusion with Russia. He, yeah. Okay. So he congratulated Putin on a, on a rigged election. No, that's not the issue. It's 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 patently untrue. That's one thing I don't even understand about the investigation. Yes, they haven't caught a specific instance of collusion during the campaign. But to me, every day he's publicly colluding. He's literally saying we're not going to punish our adversary for fucking with our democracy, even though all of our institutions. Obama didn't do it. What he knew about us since 2015. Obama did take some moves. Yes. He put sanctions. He kicked out the the uh, diplomats that were that so were there. Trump. He did not implement the sanctions. Trump has not yeah, implemented he, the sanctions. Yes, he did. When? He has implemented the sanctions. When? In the last eight days? Uh, it was re- I don't know exactly when it was, yeah, but it was in the last few weeks, yeah. Feel free to use your fact check if you want. My mistake, I forgot that. He did, <laughs> he did, he did just implement sanctions yeah. on some of the national yeah, in the last was, few weeks. My mistake. All right, great. He's, he's the best. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how you can say he doesn't undermine our system when his literal campaign slogan was to make America great again, to imply that we're not great. Like, that's... Oh, so was Ronald Reagan. That's not going to support so us. Oh, we didn't have hope over before. We needed to change America. What was hope and change? It's, it's positive for the future. <laughs> okay. it, you're not, you're, yeah. It's not like we're undermining what America wasn't great. He wants to improve things, and I get that you disagree with him. Hang on, you no, right you're saying that. great again. That means yes. it currently is not. As opposed but, to but hey, saying we have hope, hope and change, oh, what's wrong with America already? Don't we have hope thing. now? It's not it's pretty similar. I don't think it's just an inspiration. change, you're saying you have to change this country because it's not great right now. It isn't for certain people. But the thing is, so people, the, the, people, thing the people that it's not great for, the people that like the Make America Great Again campaign, wants to push down further. So no, we're going to go to the crowd later. By the way, we're going to go to the crowd later. Please save them. Please save them. But so, as a resolution here, can we agree that Trump, while he might be, depending on your own ideology and politics, might not be moving the country in the direction you want, he is being an effective president. Yes. Sure. I can't agree with that. Draws? <laughs> Tip the scale. I can agree, I can agree he's effective at what he wants to do. That's all I'm saying. I didn't say good. I you said, said effective. effective president. That's not, that's not the same thing to me. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's being effective at Donald Trump doing what Donald Trump wants to do. That's not the same as being an effective president, in my opinion. Draws? Tip the scales. I'm going to go ahead for the sake of moving on and say, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> All right. I'd like to point out that a brown guy agreed. You know <laughs> so that counts as two votes, right? Is that how that works? Thank you. Uh, counts as two votes? I hope so. Are you aware of this America? <laughs> just saying, man. Things are not necessarily the most equal place right now. No? You're lucky you get three-fifths, bro. I thought we were making them great again. Trying. All right, next topic. Can we move on? Yep. All right. You down with IRE? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> IRE is Inclusion Rider Employment. There is a new diversity employment plan on the rise in Hollywood called an Inclusion Rider. Celebrities like Michael B. Jordan, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck, and the always crazed Francis McDormand have announced they will be adopting it for future projects. What is it? Basically, it's affirmative action for the entertainment world. It ensures a certain level of diversity will be on the, the, the set of a, of a film or TV production. And you might be thinking, are the numbers really that bad that we have to demand diversity in film? Here are some numbers. Only 31% of speaking character roles are female, even though they're more than half of the population. Women are only 4% of directors and just 1.4% of the composers. 
Around 29% of speaking characters are from non-white racial or ethnic groups, when ethnic groups are around 39% of the population. Only 3% of speaking characters were depicted with disability, even though they are 20% of the people in the U.S. But, like the old debates that came with affirmative action, will the new plan be taking away jobs from people who might be more skilled or better for the job? Should a company be allowed to demand diversity employment, even in cases when it might not be best for business? Peoples, what do you think? You're going to want the best person for the job. I mean, uh, I'm shocked that you said that. I know, aren't you? But you know, it's it's up to the person that's 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 running that's running the production or running. It's it's up to them. It's not it's not up to me, and it shouldn't be forced upon anybody. If somebody wants to do this, like Michael B. Jordan wants to do it, or these other other, let them do it. If it if it affects the way that their production is run, if it affects the quality of their movie, you know that's on them. If they if they if somebody else wants to say, hey, I'm I'm not picking you based on skin, race, this, that, anything else. I'm picking you based on skill. Then that that person wants to do that, let them do that. It's it, it's a, it's a free market. They should be able to pick and choose who they want, as long as they're not doing it on a discriminatory basis. Yeah. Okay, Faraz O'Reilly. Well, I think the uh, the debate around the IREs is interesting because, like, like for example, like when Reed Hastings from Netflix came out and said, like, oh, we're not interested in having that conversation about that. Like, yeah, that's why they exist. Like, like inclusion writers aren't for the networks to go, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and implement this. It's for the people like Michael B. Jordan or Francis McDormand or, or Ben Affleck when he's done getting a tattoo to. <laughs> Like, use the power they have in the industry to get people hired. Like, everybody in this industry, this is the most nepotistic industry that exists. Like, it's, or maybe not, but it's one of them. And, like, it's, it's, it definitely is one White of them. White House up there, yeah, too. It's, these days, yeah, especially. Uh, but, like, I think, like, most people who have a position of power bring their buddies on or they bring people on that they, they, they want to work with. And as a result of it, like, that, that's like, when people have, like, power, if it was, like, buddies who just happen to be people they worked with and they like, no one would say anything about it. But someone's like, hey, I really want to make a point of, like, bringing in different voices and perspectives and point of views on this project. Suddenly it's it's a problem and it's an issue and that's a conflict. And that's why it frustrates me that there's even, like, a big argument about it. Because people are just allowed to do it to let them do it. Like, if they, if, if, like we always say with celebrities when they're doing something, well, if you have all the power, why don't you put your money where your mouth right, is? Right, so, like, so they're well, finally doing it. They're doing that and now we're mad at them for doing that. But do you think that it should be mandated? Should an inclusion writer be mandated? David, should Netflix it's, have to hire? No, it's part of it's a part of negotiations. If you can, if you have the power as a performer when you get hired to be able to make those negotiations, then use your power. I have no problem with that. I don't think that the network, if the networks were mandating it already, we wouldn't have to have inclusion. Writers. So you think they should? Should they mandate that the people hired at a company or a film production? Whatever, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm society. saying is. I'm, they should be, I'm saying they should already be evaluating their own hiring to make sure they're not excluding it from a bias the other direction. But if they are, should, should the government come in and force them to The do government? It? No. That's so why you I'm don't saying believe in affirmative action programs. I didn't say that. I did <laughs> not say that's that. That's what the question is. I'm asking you directly, do you think, so moving away from slightly from whether inclusion no, are cool. I believe affirmative action programs should be mandated by the market as opposed to by the government. Because the government, like right now, I can't imagine the government. In what do you mean mandated by the market? I'm saying that it should be something that the the like the studios or uh, in this case the actors are saying like this is what I want to work with this is what I want to have this is going to make my stuff better. I agree. Actors have the right, you know, like like he said, like Michael B. Jordan, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, if they want to help women and distract from the fact that some of them were hanging out with Harvey Weinstein, they can do this. <laughs> 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 but 
but but they have the right to do that. And then also audiences have the right to spend their money if you want to, you know, patronize more female directed movies or more minority starring movies. Well, we don't we have, the right have to that power that. if they're not but, existent, like the drama. I mean, I think, but, like, but the statistics that you read, I believe, are all from the top 100 grossing films. That's where those statistics come from. I don't think so, but Ken is the one that I found mean, them. What about? I mean, it, I think that does, <laughs> you're allowed to any 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 minority or woman or person of, of any background can make a movie. It depends whether it's commercially successful. Because that, that's how the market controls the industry. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure female directed projects are not allowed to be commercially successful. <laughs> right. No, I mean, that's a joke. That's a joke. I mean, that's an important... I think that would have worked until last year when three were like the biggest hits of the year. Yeah, so, yeah. I think when uh, you're looking at these numbers, though, you got to keep in mind... Statistics like this are very tricky, and I'm, I'm all for diversity and, you know, giving people chances that need to be represented more. But when you talk about, like, oh, 4% of movies are directed by women, but they're 50% of the population, it's like, well, I need to know how many are trying to be directed. Yes. Yeah. What is that number? Well, more than 4%. Sure, but I need to know, what, is it 10 I, it makes it seem it's high, it hyperbolizes the issue. Like, it's like taking all right, one percent of Pakistani Americans are actors. Yourself. Like yeah, but t- they're a seven percent of the population. Yeah, but six percent of the parents will disown them if they try it. So what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what are the numbers? You need, you need and for me to actually understand the gravity of the situation. You need to give me real statistics. That being said. I think that it's important to have some diversity measures to push people to open their minds at certain times. I don't know if a mandate is necessary, but I think an incentive would be better to reward people because if there's something a done... A tax break. Sure. Something something to make them push them to, to try to do that and open their minds to doing it. Because I've had conversations, literally conversations with casting directors in the room where they've looked at me and said, you know, I don't know why people try to force us to put diverse actors as leads in movies. It's not about diversity. They just won't, they just won't sell internationally. And then Black Panther came along and just shoved their, their archaic ass. Uh, you know, and now there was nothing there to force. I mean, yeah. besides Black yeah. Panther being a movie that was set in Africa, set in the yeah. original land of Wakanda that some people are still trying to book hotels at. Uh, <laughs> uh, Wakanda forever. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I think it just goes to show that if, 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 that if somebody goes, if like someone like Michael B. Jordan does go and, and start a production company where he's going to have majority black uh, 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 production and, and cast that, you know, it worked great for Tyler Perry. You know, like, and and I think I think it's going to be something that that the market is going to embrace. It's not going to yeah. be something that should be forced. It should be something that the market's going to embrace. And I think that if there's something that if, if the if females started doing that too, if we got a more of like a, a more female all female cast, you know, maybe Ghostbusters didn't work out so well. But there's some there's other things that could work out. And and so if you just, if well, I you, think it's great to put more women in movies, but just yeah. not busting ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes us feel good. <laughs> but Ghostbusters is a weird example too because that's it's a movie that. that came out of a pretty organic pitch process but then got rewritten by the internet as being this attempt to force diversity when it wasn't really it was just Paul Feig liked these people and wanted to work with them did it the way that we would argue you should do I like this crew they're funny I want to work with them and then it became the enemy of the state suddenly, and right. it became a thing that we were like, people were protesting it when it was just a movie. Yeah, well, right. My turn something. Jack Jackass kind of messed that up also. But, but that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's why with the other... Milo when he went after, uh, what's her name? Right. I mean, that, was, like, that happened after that's it came out. Like, it, yeah. there was a year and a half of just, like, total toxic bullshit thrown at that movie continuously. And, like, it happens with Star Wars, too. Like, there's so many people who are mad at Star Wars because Ray has more lines than the women had before. Which so, I yeah. yeah, I thought Ray was but, great. She's great. But at no yeah. point do you think, we were talking about this the other day during a writer's meeting for the show, at no point, let's say a company is a big company, over 100 employees, 
and they have only white people at the company. You think that should be allowed? You think we should not ever mandate at any point that you should have some diversity? I think if it's a result of a meritocracy where everyone was considered fairly and those were the best people for the job, then it's fair. At some point, it seems pretty racist. But we don't live in there are industries. But there are industries that are dominated by women or are dominated by minorities. Dominated is different than one hundred percent. Well, but one hundred percent, I find it unlikely that that would happen in the real world. It might. But again, it would if you could show I'm against discrimination if you can show a case of this person discriminated against this person. I'll stand with you, I'll fight that, I'll say, yeah, that person they shouldn't do that. But if it's based on a meritocracy where they wound up hundred percent of the applicants, they got picked and it happened that they were all the same race or they were all the same gender, then I'm fine with that. I think that like there should be, yeah, like evidence of you going through the process of putting in the extra effort to have diverse casting, because I think it comes a lot down to the debt. It takes a lot of work to try to find minorities to play roles because there are more white people that have been enacting longer in the United States. That's what it is. You but sure you're Pakistani? Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I recently shot something and it was so hard to find like lesbians. We were like digging through things. Like, it was like, like for the, uh, the specific minorities, like an Indian lesbian or an Asian lesbian. Because I'm not a casting office, you know what I mean? And we Did had you like, Google all those categories? I've actually experienced the opposite where yeah. I have seen cast and directors go above and beyond and bring in the diverse people that the that the call called for, mm-hmm. only to see an executive go, ah, this person's a bigger star, so we're going to put them in it instead. Yeah. Case in point, uh, Dallas Buyers Club with Jared Leto, like, they didn't even try to cast trans women, but I've also seen plenty of questions after that where they've brought in like eight or nine trans women to read for a part, and then Stephen Weber is the bigger name, so they put him on the comedians instead of that. Well, that's just a whole different issue. issue. That's, that's a whole different part, issue. No, it's and all it's, part of the same thing. You've been ruining my career as an intense effort for 20 years. <laughs> so just to wrap up what I was saying, it's like, I think that it could actually create more jobs in casting offices if we do make people have to go through more work to find something, and it could be incentives for them to, to reward them for putting in the effort to bring in diversity, but I don't think there should be a mandate. I think we can socially, and through the market, reward them with our dollars by paying for stuff that goes through those types of practices and make it let's let's be what we talk about rather than try to force people who don't want to do. but so you're saying rewards again so is a place we can agree that we all agree that it shouldn't be mandated inclusion writers shouldn't be mandated but what about tax breaks for having an inclusion writer in your production or in your company how do we feel about that all? Uh, the there's right. there's tax breaks for if you go to certain places and shoot. So why not for for I mean there's there's lots of places that you can put tax breaks in, and I don't see it being an issue. So you guys are both cool with tax breaks. I, I'm not a big fan of tax breaks. Where I don't I don't have strong. But you're okay with tax breaks for like subsidizing oil companies or shooting in Atlanta. That's a whole different. <laughs> like shooting in Atlanta whole, deserves a, a tax break, issue. but not. But uh, it, it depends. I I am not I'm not all on board for the. Uh, for the tax break. Well, three out of four, I count that in agreement, so that's pretty solid. We did it. One democracy works, everybody. Yes, it does. <laughs> fixed America. One, we fixed one, Hollywood, guys. <laughs> one tangentially led issue that I'm very curious about as well, especially since we have you here, Riley. I'm curious. Um, there's been, obviously, a, a big increase recently in the fight to equal pay between men and women. Um, I guess my question for you and then for the panel is, how does that even fit into an increasingly non-binary world? The fact that we're trying to equal out men and women and pay and all this—how does that? How should that affect traditional company policies when we're even like? Why does gender identification even really matter to that degree? Well, I think that's the logical conclusion of it. Is that if you start to incorporate, like, I think that the the fight for pay parity 
re requires that pay parity be across the board and not be gender biased to begin with. So if you're adding more gender identities to the mix, that really shouldn't affect it because at that point you're already saying, no, everybody who's doing this job should get paid this much money for this job. So if you're adding in somebody who has a non-binary, because like right now, trans people, we're way behind the curve on it. Like if you look at the, the numbers for it, we are, uh, for, across the board, transgender people are at three times the national unemployment average, four times if you make it as trans women of color. That's just trans women. That's not even adding in trans men and people who are non-binary. It's just, it just gets deeper and deeper from there on. So we're at an even higher discrimination point right now. <coughs> so I think most trans or non-binary people we talk to would say, yeah, let's, let's just get parity. Let's just get to a point where we're not being discriminated against like anybody else who doesn't want to be. Are but, you guys on the... Please, Adam. But what, with all these discussions, when it comes to the gender pay gap, there's lots of different variables that weigh into that besides discrimination. There's uh, the choices that people make. There's how much time they spend at the company. There's the type of jobs that they choose to do. It's not all based on discrimination. Sure, but once you equalize and those out, though, then the the the, the um, actual difference goes from like what they claim it is like twenty nine cents down to about six cents. But the question was about women. That, the question okay, was about non-binary and trans but, people. Okay, but when it comes to non-binary and trans people, the problem there would be if there are, and it's hard to say what would happen in the sense of like CEOs or various industries, but. I think, and when we discussed this, it was like, if there's a transgender woman who was born a man, who starts excelling in all these industries, is that, does that count our women succeeding? For the, just for the record, I'm not, that, I was not born a man, so don't that? describe a transgender woman as being Bio, born a man. Can I say biologically male? I would prefer you didn't. Why not? Because, because that's, that's not a, who I am. But is biologically male a fact? No. That is very much not, that is not is, a established. But, that, that but is, if it's not a fact, what does, okay, then, then, okay, okay, then, then without, if it's not a okay, fact, then, no, hold then on. why would you have to transition? If you weren't born a, a man, why would the transition be necessary? Because I'm transgender. Okay, but let me ask you this. Like, <laughs> that's what, the whole point of Okay, it. but then what does male and female mean? That's not what this panel is about, first of all. But it's also so you're there are lots of things. Are you deflecting the question? The science. Are you, are you I'm not deflecting the question. Okay. I just don't know if I have the time to go through all the talks about what science does discuss about well, this. We about can look at the definition there are twenty. Of it, it's a very short definition. There was just male, literally, literally one. just today online is an article about there's twenty. Like they're looking at twenty different gene markers that actually show a difference between transgender that, women versus cisgender men. That that's may, right off the top of my head. That's that, one thing that may show a difference. So there's been one study. I read the study. Um, but there's, there's been, been more than one studies. study. I just pulled an example because you asked but me a question. Okay, right. but there's been all these studies leading up to that that have said there's, there are provable differences between male and female. When we talk not just about humans, but about any mammal, about any animal species, male has a definition and female has a definition. But through every species we have, we have so many different examples throughout nature of species who, who shift gender or change gender, and there are like variables. Wait, when animals change gender, we have, like intersex, we have intersex people. Their, we have intersex people within the human race. Yes, alone. yes, and the intersex oh, frogs. Part. Intersex. What's, frogs that you're saying? What's that? Well, well you're saying that are. there are animals that change gender. Right. When frogs change genders, there's a physical, biological transition that takes place in their physiology. So when we're talking about humans, humans are male or female, some are intersex. That is an objective fact that they have a biological ambiguity between male and female. Right. It's not a new gender, it's not a third gender, it's not there's a different sex. It male and female have definitions for the human species. Yeah, so, so I'm curious on that one. Can we just point out how uncomfortable Dave is on the <laughs> 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 I mean, it's just so uncomfortable. 
So I'm curious, like I get I get why you're getting offended and I get why you're I why you're trying to clarify and I get what you're trying to understand. What is like the polite cause I generally don't what is like the nice way of saying person born with a penis? I mean even Dave. That's not a man, is there a refined way of saying is there what's that's that what's the, what's the I wanna know why you, why it matters so much to you to put me in that box it's of man no, because I'm not, I was born I'm with not talking about you. I'm talking about how he's trying to make a point where that one part of his sentence is him trying to elaborate on a bigger point. And we got hung up on him using the word born a man. How do we acknowledge that thing for his sentence? Do, does he say individuals born with a penis? Is that how we need to say this now? Like, what is the way for the him reason to do why? That the reason why I called him when he first said right. it is because it's not like I lived my life as a man and mm-hmm. then one day was like, I'm going to be a woman now. That's not how it's like all my. My entire life, my experiences were filtered through the fact that I am a trans woman, and so that doesn't give you the same life experience as a man who would be in the same position as me. That's but it why I brought give you it the up. life experiences of a woman either. You didn't go through puberty as a woman. You didn't experience the sexual harassment that women have. I have experienced plenty of sexual harassment. Trust but, me, it's not the but same. Not, but, not not as a, but not, but not when as you, a, as a cisgender woman, you, I will say yes. But not, yeah, but not when you presented as a male. It's a you don't know my life story. It's a unique thing. That? You don't unique. know my history. You don't know my life story. I don't know your history. Hold on a second. Don't know where to start. Let's just try to not say you know that. Wait, but let's just try to... Don't know what I have or haven't experienced. But let's just try to... But to... One second, we all need to get into Dave's pickup truck. Who the hell's banging behind this wall, by the way? There's some kind of construction behind this wall that's ruining the recording. But anyway. That's Dave's heart right now. So... I guess because while of course I think any 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 conscious good-minded person wants transgender people to feel as comfortable and be embraced by society as much as anybody else, we also didn't grow up understanding what that was. So we we had, there's a learning curve that we need to be sure. educated. And, but as someone, so that's what I was and, and educating. That's what I'm doing. Right. So, like, so I'm asking. So I'm asking. Why, right, so I'm, I'm asking. I'm, all right, I got it, Adam. <laughs> so, I'm asking that same question is. If a transition is necessary, then why is it offensive to say born a man transitioning to a First of all, because I wasn't born a man. That's why. But some transgenders were. Bruce Jenner was. Bruce Jenner was born a baby and grew up to be an adult and transitioned. Do babies have sex? Do babies have a biological sex? No, hopefully not, because that would be a crime. Do they have Uh, biological sex? Do babies have biological sex? I honestly don't believe that, that a trans person's biological sex is the same. I think that we are trans from birth. And so, therefore, what you identify as biological sex to me does not bring true for my experience. That's not That's science, though. Male and female are scientific terms. We have two sexes in the human species. Well, we just acknowledge that there are intersex, there are intersex conditions. Yes, and I'm not arguing intersex. I'm arguing transgender. But can you possibly, well, third sex, can you possibly fathom that, that perhaps... Sex. No, it's a biological ambiguity between the two existing And sexes. can you possibly consider that the, that the trans experience might be part of that same like, mutation or that same biological... Change that happens in human in, in, in human in human beings. I, I don't. I just like to point out Sorry. that the right is using science for once. <laughs> <laughs> we always use science. No, we do not. We do. It is interesting that like sixty percent said God made humans ten thousand years ago. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. Like, why does the the right want to ignore science when it comes to like the world ending with with literally? Global warming, destroying the planet, climate change, falling off the There's flat a, earth. But then, as soon that's as, not a right. Word. But then, as soon as it comes to somebody's human rights, then it's like, whoa! Science says clearly. There's one bit gender or another, and go fuck yourself. I think, honestly, I can speak from my own point of view. Sure. I, I'm not on board with all of the, uh, the you know, the non-scientific claims made by other. Just people. some of it. 
What's that? <laughs> we have to go, we, the ones that you believe are anti-science, we have to go through and debate them case by case. But when it comes to this issue, I'm not trying to be offensive. I like transgender people. I get along with them. I, I have nothing against them personally. But where I'm being honest is there. I think there are a lot of people who kind of go along with this and say, yeah, I tolerate them. Yeah, I understand this. Yeah, I'll call you by the pronouns you want to be called. But deep down, they don't understand. I'm being completely honest with you. It doesn't make sense to me, and I don't believe all the claims that you make. I don't believe that this is science, because there is there is a provable biological distinction between male and female. Even if we argue that gender is the social expression of sex, it's still linked back to sex. But when it comes to makeup, when it comes to physical appearance, when it comes to clothing we wear, all of that rests on biological differences in the body, psychological differences, biochemical differences, right. something we differences. Something there we is a very scientific difference between male and female. So what makes someone who wants to present that way... Why is it that you're... What's the difference between being trans and being an effeminate man, like we discussed yeah. at our writer session? Something we're, we were all confused about. Well, like you said, like there's there's psychological differences, there are neurological differences. We talked about that article that came out today yeah. that was pointing out that there are examples of genetic markers that could say... Like, the science is very that new may. on a lot of this yeah. stuff. We actually had stuff... There have been historical moments where we've been, like, been studying it, like in Germany, when they burned down the building that had stuff in it. There have been moments where we talked about it, but it's not a culturally embraced idea to talk about it. So it's like it sucks to like use our own oppression about our own like knowledge and who we are against us as like, well, you don't know everything, Wait, so it can't impression? be real. How have I impressed any? I didn't say you have. I, mean, I just literally just told a story about society. burning down a building. That's what I just told a story about. She's been society, so... Uh-huh. But like my point is like, then like I don't okay, that has to do with science. Okay, well I I have said it multiple times. So it's like societal pressure. So can you incubate me, the right? Can sorry, you right. acknowledge? Do you acknowledge <laughs> that, that intersex conditions exist? Correct. Yes. Intersex okay. conditions exist. Do you think it's completely impossible that what has created transgender people within society is? a result of maybe an intersex condition or some sort of similar type of mutation in humanity. For some people, intersex, yes, those conditions that are... are... But I'm saying is there are hundreds of different intersex yes, conditions. Yeah, yeah. So I'm aware of that. that and, they're, and we're learning more about different ones all the time. Yes. So is it completely unfathomable to you that what you think of as a transgender person is just another type of intersex condition? If it is an intersex condition, then it's an intersex condition. What I don't agree with is when someone is transgender who is biologically male or female and says that they present as the opposite sex. That's anti-science. What is the answer to that question? What's the difference between a transgender person and, and a very effeminate male who's always just felt more feminine but not necessarily female? What, how do you I think it has to do with difference? how... I mean, I think the person's self-medication matters, but I also think how, like, I don't think of myself... I'm not a man who presents as, as female. I am a woman. I am a transgender woman. Okay, so if there are, all right, so if if the like for instance, my mom and my grandmother are women, and the girls I date are women, a heterosexual woman is a woman, a lesbian woman is a woman. What do you all have in common? What is the categorical similarity between all these it's body parts that makes them? That's what a woman isn't is. a body part. I mean, I've, yeah. heard, I've definitely heard an argument. I, do I not? Do I have the exact answer for you to that question right now? I don't. I don't. I okay. can't say that. But as, I will not concede that I'm a biological. But, man they, but should they be in the next but, Iron Man movie? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, so I was not uncomfortable during that whole thing. It just pisses me off. That, you know what, Riley, are you happy being who you are? Yes, I'm very happy being who I am. Who the fuck cares about anything yeah. else? Amen. That's all I, I, I mean, am. And being you 
That's all I want. And can unless you oppress other people by imposing speech codes on them about how they have to refer to them. But when you here's the thing, when you remove it, here's here's why it matters. Okay, here's why I'm Adam is so right. Why you're I'll keep digging in on this. Here's why I brought it up. No, I will bring it up if you're gonna if you're gonna call me up on it. I'm not not fucking responsible. We're just gonna skip the third time. When you make the point of pushing on me that I am biological male, that also pushes. We're talking about pushing oppression. That's how people try to keep me from getting the healthcare coverage. I mean, that's how people try to keep me from getting the identification stuff that I need, the legal like rules I need to survive in society. Get pushed away because people believe what you believe. Right? Why is it so hard to just say she instead of it? Why is that so hard? Because it's not. It's not oppressive. Actually, to you. It's it is oppressive when you have okay on a microcosm level. The issue of using pronouns in personal interactions. It's sort of a matter of etiquette. You're right. It's not a huge issue. The issue of one group forcing their language and forcing another group to speak in a certain way is a huge issue. That's fascism. If you look at Canada right now, what's happening up there? And if you look at some of the policies that have started to try to be pushed through in the United States, they are trying to use the law and use the force of government to say you have to talk this way, you have to speak this way, you have to use these words. So you're against yeah. that, except except the conservative position of English only classrooms. You're in favor of that. Right? Well, I'm not in favor. You're not? No, I okay. don't care one way or the other. How about you? How about you, Dave? Oh, speak whatever you feel comfortable with, but you know. I brain trust. Quick pause in the live show conversation because. Um, I wanted to give Riley a second to clarify something in the conversation we were just having about gender and about trans identification because that was not one of our planned topics. It was kind of an offshoot, and there was maybe a lot of bombarding happening. So I wanted to just give you a second to clarify. Then we'll go back to the conversation already in progress. But sure, Riley. So what was your name again? Faraz. Faraz. So and Faraz is here too. Yeah. So Faraz asked me kind of the idea of like, how do you define a person who was born with a penis? Like, if you can't say man or whatever, and I think that that's kind of actually the meat of the conversation, which is that. If you are a cisgender person, which means that you're someone who identifies as the gender you were assigned at birth, like yourself, Ben, you are a right. cisgender man. Uh, as, Thank as are you so most people, yeah, you're welcome. You're, very, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a good example of a cisgender man. Thank you. Um, I think most people in society are cisgender. I mean, that's at least statistically, we think that so far. Um, you can be defined by your genitals because your genitals, like your your gender identity, matches your physical form. Uh, your physical form, like we're lizard people. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean. So as as a trans person, that is the distinction. Like, I am not defined by my genitals. Like, that's kind of part of the issue. How did I say it? I said it so well. And he goes, let's get the microphone out. Now I can't remember. Well, no, you basically just said um, that. I think you just said that it's, it's a, it's a cis normative yeah, construct. It to, is. To, yes. To say that we have to label a transgender person as being born male be, based on their genitals because that's just what we decided as a, as a cis. Right. If my if my as mindset, a cis normative society, right? If my mindset and my 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 biology match my genitals perfectly, I would not be transgender because because I don't. I am trans. Like that's the whole identity of who I am. So like I have been taking hormones for several years now, and I think that like my mental processes, the way that I like things click, they all work better now because my body now functions more on estrogen than they do on testosterone. Like that's a change in my, like I wish that I was keeping journals of it when it happened because mm-hmm. I can't believe how much more access I have to my feelings, my thoughts, how much more comfortable I am in my own body now because of hormones. It's not even about the physical changes. That's just the way the hormone changes change my body. Mm-hmm. And so like when someone like Adam is asking me about my experiences and like there's still this assumption that up until a certain point in my life, I was living my life as a man and then one day changed my mind and decided to become a woman. That right. was never the case. Like right. I, I have my earliest memories as a child were 
were not understanding why no one else saw me as a girl. And I, so my entire life has been a life of detachment. So when people are like, oh, but so like, you can't say that my experiences are the same as they would right. have been if I was a cisgender man. So basically it's just saying the whole premise of the question. I think why maybe you got so, so flustered by the moment was yeah. that, was that the premise of the question is just so operating on terms that are not, understanding your yeah, existence. Exactly. It feels like I have to go back so many steps just to clarify it that like I didn't have room to do that, which it happens because it wasn't a planned topic. Totally. And like I didn't have my talking points ready to lead it into. So I definitely got very flustered and it'd be a little more defensive. But yeah, all good. you know, for me it's like at, at the end of the day I yelled at an old Jewish couple last episode, so <laughs> don't worry yeah. about it. Um, thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Frost has a quick comment as well. Yeah the thing that you said when we were talking afterwards it really resonated with me. You said that for you your your genitals were always like an anomaly yeah. on you. My, so for yeah. us to make for us and cis people to constantly take the conversation back to genitals yeah. It is in itself a repressive tool as of, of a way of having a dialogue about it because we're choosing to make the dialogue just about this thing exactly. that to you might as well be an extra finger on you that is right. not, not at all in relation yeah. to the essence of what your gender is. It's a way is. for us to control the conversation Based on what yeah. we understand. about your existence instead of just respecting your existence. Yeah, can I make a point that I, I think is maybe a good way to wrap up this little interlude? Because sure. I think you, you planned it yep. too. But, it's like a 15-second, four-minute interlude. Yeah. You guys are leaving? Um, yeah. Almost done. No, I'm done in one minute. Don't go. One second. Just one second. Okay. One second. What I'm going to say is like I think that constantly this argument comes down to like, well, I don't understand your experience because like I don't have it, so I can't understand it but the thing is for me i've never lived my life as a cis person so i don't understand how you experience the world i don't understand how it's like for you to have everything click and work together there but i accept that it's real right. and i accept that your existence is a fact so my experience thank you for the respect a and b my experience as a cis gendered male is mostly one of who's very bad at managing time on shows he hosts yeah, so on that note back to our free to cut current no fine. no worries thank you back to our program already <laughs> in schedule be the people already in progress i don't know words <laughs> bye-bye yeah, and then here it continues i had a really good joke earlier that you guys didn't hear it's really bothering me <laughs> want to say it again want to say it again i said adam's so right he married a girl named eve <laughs> That's cute. I like that a lot. Let's move on to our last topic. And I also think I also think it's it's like really nice of Dave to have embraced Riley in the manner. Are you just trying to get her to sign up for TrumpSingles.com? We do not discriminate against anybody. Although I'm guessing the, the, the trans membership is very low on that. On that um, app. You'd be surprised. Really? <laughs> up until that. last week, I think Caitlyn Jenner was a member. Yeah, so that's <laughs> not tracking for her. So she turned on. I get so sick of having to offend Caitlyn Jenner because no trans person likes her either. Really? She's fucking horrible. Wow. She's an awful person. That's how conservatives feel about Trump sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, like when she when she was uh, when she was endorsing Trump, I remember people going like she shouldn't do that. I'm like why? No one's gonna like no one's gonna go. Oh well, Caitlyn Jenner's voting for him, so of course we should all vote for him too. But like the best thing she could do was endorse Trump, in my opinion, because like fuck her, I'm not gonna vote for him. I love that. So we can all agree. Fuck Caitlyn Jenner. Jenner. Uniting our country, one celebrity being torn down at a time. Time for another. Can we all agree? Can we all agree that no matter what your feelings are on Google, none of us are going to ever, ever, ever start using Bing? Does <laughs> Bing still exist? I doubt it. Exactly. I think it does exist, but yeah, no one uses that, right? I, I don't, yeah. I don't Come know. on. Was that, Bing. what was, was that Windows's thing? Was that Microsoft's yeah, version? Microsoft. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, I, I know Jonah Ray was the voice worker. 
I just want to point out that Was you can he? access TrumpSingles.com through Bing. <laughs> and only through Bing. And only through Bing. Yeah. We, we prefer Yahoo, though. Microsoft also a terribly yeah. insulting way to describe a penis. <laughs> you don't want both those adjectives. One or the other. Please, not both. Uh, time for our final main topic tonight. We'll try to keep it shorter, because I know we ran long on the last one, but damn, we covered some ground. <laughs> we really ran with it. Uh, last week, President Trump got to utter his old favorite phrase again. Not, are you girls done changing in here? But, you're fired, okay? You're fired. He uh, might, have, you might have heard he fired our, our Secretary of State, Rex Tillerson, via Twitter. And he also fired FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe. At this point, the White House has seen more employee turnover than a Waffle House. (laughs) McCabe was just 24 hours away from retiring on his own and receiving his pension package and full benefits. So, who is McCabe? Why does it matter? He oversaw two of the most politically charged cases in FBI history. The investigation into Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server and the investigation of Trump's potential campaign ties to the Russian government, and just general meddling as well. Why was he fired? McCabe's wife, Jill, ran for Virginia State Senate as a Democrat, received hundreds of thousands of dollars in campaign donations from a political ally of Hillary Clinton. Trump has had it out for him ever since he was, uh, she was declared innocent of, I'm very confused with the he's and she's now, I'm so sorry, um, <laughs> was declared innocent, claiming that McCabe is one of the reasons she is not in jail. To be clear, the White House didn't fire McCabe. Trump cannot do that. He just uh, kind of pressured Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, to do so, and Sessions did that for lacked candor, including under oath on multiple occasions not being honest about having leaked some information about about the Hillary investigation. Lying under oath. Right. Which is, anybody, does regardless of who you are in the FBI, if you lie under oath, it's an immediate termination. And as soon as they came to the decision that, yes, he did lie under oath, and they had the proof and everything, he was out. So it's, I, I don't understand why anyone's making a big deal about the fact that somebody who lied under oath was terminated from their job. Any job you're at, if you lie to your, to your boss. Just because people are, are saying that because Trump is so undisciplined and vindictive about the way he pressures and goes after people who he does not agree with or feels are after them, it, it, it creates the, the impression of impropriety because it doesn't just seem like it's happening because normally those investigations take much longer and they rushed it to get it finished with new information coming in just two days before his pension was to kick in. And Trump had literally tweeted, tick-tock, tick-tock, time is running out before pension, go bye-bye. And then they fired him right before. So not whether he deserved to be fired. Yes, internal FBI investigation said they recommended that McCabe mm-hmm. be fired. But the timing and the fact that the president is pushing, is that kosher? Is that kosher pickles or not? If, if anybody else is caught lying and is fired, they're not just going to be like, oh, we're just going to let you hold on until, you, until you, you can get your pension. Then we'll fire you after that. You know, so, so they, it's, the timing is, is odd, but it's, at the same time, it, just, it's, it needed to be done. And, and why does he, just, if he's going to lie, if he's going to abuse his... His, uh, his he should run for president. Yeah, <laughs> he should. He did, but but why should he? Why does he deserve a taxpayer pension when he when he misused his position? 
Because everybody fucks around sometimes. Right? <laughs> I, don't know. I think I kind of agree with you. Where I, I think he did uh, deserve to be fired because it was the FBI. Uh, I forget the name of the internal investigation, but the FBI recommended that he be fired. It was the Inspector General had that, submitted a report to the Office of Professional Responsibility at the FBI. That's at the Office of Professional Responsibility. Suggested a recommendation to be fired. Yep. Um, but so I think he deserved to be fired. But I think there is some evidence that the sort of the way he was fired and the timing of it is because Trump is vindictive. Yeah, Trump's, stuff Trump's, like on, that. Trump's on some like mafia but, shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. he's like Rex Tillerson had a good vacation, no job, buddy. Twenty. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> this guy's like, oh, twenty six hours before you get to retire, nope, Psych, <laughs> yeah. fuck you, dude. This emoji. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, McCain all day was like, I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> yeah. He's ready to retire. Trump's like dangling him off a balcony an hour later, like you until the clock beeps. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think what bothers me about I think I agree with you that if it was found totally that he should be fired, yeah, they're gonna get fired. But I feel the way it was done, and I think if you look, if you really want to be real with yourself, you know in your heart a lot of it was done so Trump could kind of set a message and punish a man that's not been loyal to him the way he wants. Huh. Right? Would you agree? Like, and the to way, send a message send, to other FBI exactly. agents. Get on my side or I'll send you out like Comey. Get on my side or you think you're clean right before your pension. In some way, I will fuck you if I can. I think, you know? he, will, and that's I think he would have gotten fired anyway, but Trump goes out of the way to make a show of it yeah. to send that message. But I think you can tell that it didn't directly come from Trump because it was he lacked candor. Like, Trump doesn't talk about it. Yeah, he's like, he's a loser. He's a loser. <laughs> I think that word's a little too big for Trump. It's not even in his vocabulary. Candor is like, candor is it wrapped up? It's a hard candor? It's a soft candor? Yeah, you're right. right. I think that, but he just pressured Sessions to do it the way he wanted to. I think if, if Trump had not been in the picture with Sessions, the rest of the people at the FBI might have been like, the dude's got a day. Give him a day. Like, he's been here for 20 years. And then you want to talk about law and order candidates, support the troops, support people who defend the country. Do we not give a shit about a guy that was in the FBI for 20 years? Like, he probably did a lot of good stuff for America. I mean, if that doesn't count for anything. And he didn't get a chance to defend himself in this because the process was rushed. And that's the other part where people say it's, 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 it's improper is that he claims that he did not. He answered every question honestly with regards to the leak that he's, he gave to the Wall Street Journal. Just actually, it's something that didn't hurt Trump. That actually hurt Hillary. Okay. It was about Hillary's uh, email problem, or actually it was about the Clinton Foundation, Clinton Foundation yeah. and, and, and because of that, um, he didn't get a chance to respond, his lawyer claims that he has, once he's legally allowed to speak about it, he has rebuttals to everyone, and he actually called the FBI Internal Investigation Office and clarified things when he realized they were misinterpreted several times, so doesn't that even get into the, into, again, like an obstruction of justice place, and not just like, oh, it's Trump being a dick. And there's more memos. No, he, he took his little notes apparently yeah. the same way Comey did. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see what come of those also. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's it's. I'm guessing another best-selling book. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm not mad yeah, about losing his pension. People, are like, he's not yeah. gonna have any money. I'm like, this guy's gonna this ride. Guy, yeah, <laughs> he's gonna ride a podcast it. tour across the country. Can we all agree, yeah. based on that photo, that guy's definitely a FBI agent? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the most FBI agent guy ever. Yeah. It looks like he was investigating the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about. I think we can all agree that if you lie at your job, you should get fired, and the timing the timing is a little bit suspicious. I think I'm excited to move on to our last topic. Oh. Yes, I'm excited as well. Our last topic or last segment, you mean? Do me a favor, also, one of you two guys, can you just shoot like a minute of video so I can Instagram story and shit? I'm addicted. You understand that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. 
Um, all right, it's time for our last segment of the day, one that is brand new. We've never tried it before because the audience gets very steamed sometimes. So it's time for I triggers. About happy? I can't imagine. Well, Some of you, I'm sure, are triggered. I don't know if you're happy about it or not, but the great comedian Mike Malone, one of the creators of We the People, is going to take a microphone around and uh, let some of you say your piece. Anybody uh, just raise your hand, I'll come to you. No? Not, okay. <laughs> All the way in the back, of course. <laughs> Get some cardio, Mike. <laughs> there we go. Uh, am I saying my piece on this segment or the last segment? Or any segment? Anything, Anything from the whole day. day. Okay. Um, I, Go all of life if you want. Oh, uh, my name is Kimbrough, and I want to say my piece on the IRE, uh, and that um, it should be mandated. And the reason why I say it should be mandated is because it's been so lopsided and upside down, the systemic disadvantages to women, piece of, uh, people of color, to where it's not an autopilot. If it were an autopilot, then we wouldn't even be talking about it. Because it's not, it's because racism trumps everything when people of power are making the, the decision. So if you mandate it, and you have to incorporate, you're going to give a solution for a whole lot of other problems in this country with, with equalizing and, and um, the, the disparity and poverty is where you start. You start by giving people of color and women opportunity. And, and even all, maybe just racism, too, because people usually say they become a lot less racist once they have a black friend. Yeah, and here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing. You know, the argument about the best person for the job is bullshit because we know that millions of jobs are given to people not because they're the best person for the job. They're given to the person. And that should be reversed. The job should be given to the person, and if that person happens to be some a woman or a person of color, to uh, to make a dent in what's systemically wrong in this country, then let's mandate it. Sure. And then, how do you guys? Okay. What an applause on that. How do you? <laughs> how do you guys feel about if we? I mean, I think it's a very strongly made point. I was trying to get us there earlier, and I don't necessarily think anybody's saying that it would need to perfectly reflect society, that would be a very difficult hiring process. But if it's far, far off, shouldn't there be some base percentage of diversity? Are we doing well, can I say, just from a point of view of someone who's in Hollywood and has worked on film sets and stuff like that, I think that it's also a different situation, especially with creative projects, where I think the more types of voices and perspectives you can get into a project, the better a lot of times, because you actually can like look at things from angles that you might not have considered, even if it's somebody who's working on the crew. Like, if something is happening in a scene that doesn't ring true to the experience or what's, like, the narrative, they can go, hey, this is kind of bullshit. Well, now we're over budget, Riley. That is, yeah, that's, that's, that, that's not a good move. Well, like, no, I, the like, fucking I, I, lighting guy is going to be like, whoa, this is not authentic to my life. How many, how, many times, how many times have you seen a movie where somebody goes, like, was nobody on that set there that could say that gets wrong, and now someone on that set could have said that? But that's an over-market issue that I think just movie yeah. bombs and it's a piece of shit. Yeah, I think people should make an effort if they're representing a certain group or a certain, you know, identity that they should try to represent it accurately and talk to people from that group. There are things that I fundamentally disagree with that you said. I don't know that I believe there are lots and lots. There are certainly some examples of people being hired because of the person they are and not their qualifications. But I don't know that I see there an epidemic of people being hired not based on their qualifications. Great point, white man. You can show me. <laughs> Great point, white man working at the Ellen DeGeneres show. <laughs> Stop 
physically attacking it. What's that? I'm on your side for once. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even hot this time. I think there, are, there are specific cases of, of discrimination. Like I said, I'm, I'm opposed to those if they can be proven. Across the board, we should try to eliminate you know, systematic racism where it can be specifically identified that this is racist. Across the board, I don't know that I believe there are people who are just being picked because of the person they are. And I don't know that I can say, you said racism trumps everything when people are making these hiring decisions. Have you I seen any Adam Sandler movie? It's the same four guys. Have you ever traveled to the South? What's that? I think those companies are, are, are working down there. I mean, there's definitely plenty of companies across the country that are hiring people in discriminatory fashions. You don't think that exists? But that, I haven't said that it doesn't exist. You don't I think it exists rampantly? I, there may well rampantly is a subjective term. You know what There's I mean by rampantly? A fucking lot. Come no, on. I don't think it's a majority. Of <laughs> but any place where you can show this person discriminated against this person in this way, yeah, punish them or throw them out of but job. But you can never quite that. show it because someone's always going to say, "Yes, no, nope, the is qualified." That's got to the job. It's yeah. unfair to assume that across the entire industry because then there are people who are just qualified to do right. that yeah, that don't get the right job. I feel like we're and I think we always see it as like the white people are benefiting from this. There are other groups, like Asian Americans succeed in some industries more so than white people, and there's been affirmative action policies that have hurt Asian Americans with college uh, applications because when they're trying to get other minorities into those colleges, the Asian Americans who perform better on the SATs have to perform even better than the rest of them in order to get accepted, so they have to work harder in order to get what they've earned. But A, they don't seem to mind merit. that. B, no, they do mind it. They've thought that. I've got another question for the audience. I feel like... The, Asian Americans aren't necessarily the demographic that affirmative action is really trying to protect. So no, but it's also worth doing it if it hurts other demographics. Without Matt Damon, the dragons win. <laughs> is that why Ben has that tattoo? Uh, yeah. uh, my name is Chris. Uh, back to the diversity thing. I, I think it's not Christopher Titus. Just only because I've had experience with it, and and, and you, you know, it's easy to stand in the in the corner and go, "Yeah, we should cast this many people or this." You got to be. The problem being is that I just did a movie called Special Unit where we cast a huge amount of disabled actors, and we read every disabled actor in Los Angeles and honestly at, at, at one point it was like we, these people can't do the job so at one point you have to get and we ended up casting and we ended up getting the best people but there was two roles that we couldn't cast so what I think it, it shouldn't be here at the end of the day it should be this you should have to read first every disabled actor every trans actor every black actor for the role you know, and then uh, if Jared Kushner's available and you and any black actor can pull it off, Jared Kushner can do the role, man. That's what I'm saying. Because he's obviously qualified. So uh, I'm just saying that he's it, busy solving the Middle East. At the end of the day, if we can make it so, so you have to you have to read those people first. That's one thing. To demand that you cast someone who's less who has less ability than someone that can do make you a million dot your money back on a movie is kind of ridiculous. At one point. Well, I think that's the, that's the, that is the benefit of the inclusion writer as a concept, is that the person who is, in, who is pushing it in their own contract is the person that will bring the money to the project. Right. And that's why, like, that's why like, I was talking about it earlier, because like, when Hastings said it for Netflix, it's like, yeah, it's not on Netflix to make that choice. It's on Affleck or McDormand and those people to make that choice, because they're the ones saying, I'm bringing you money. That's why I'm making right. this. And that's just a corporation being shitty and diverting. Is what exactly. That is. Exactly. But but I think if you look first of all, if we're gonna cast, if I'm gonna cast a, a little person in the role, you know, we're gonna look for the right little person. If we're gonna cast, you know, we but we read we read so many people with autism for a role, and what ended up happening was at one point they couldn't do the speeches we needed. I mean, nobody could. We read literally 
85 people, and they couldn't do it. So we had to hire an actor for that one role. But we did read them first. So that, that mandate would be something I'd be totally for. You, know, you have to read them first, and then if you can't, and you can show you can't, then we, you can move on. But All right, so, so then it's no... It's the NFL Rooney role. <laughs> yeah, you, they have to like they have interview to, so many African-American they have coaches to, uh, before they can... Interview at least one uh, African-American coach before they can hire yeah. anybody else. That doesn't seem to mean it at all. Here's the one interview we got to do. So, you <laughs> coach before? Great, great. Nice talking with you. Coach Dungey's back again. Yeah. Not thinking he's the Rooney rule, which the one kid play at the very end of the game and see how he does. I'm sorry to call you Titus, but Chris, uh, to, to your point about reading every autistic actor you could, like, of course, you're not going to get a lot of people who are skilled at the job because historically before you, no one was reading. And so it feeds into that cycle. So I think you did the right thing by trying to bring people in and you couldn't ultimately help everybody out. But if everybody did what you were doing, then eventually we might get some autistic people who can act because they're actually being given opportunity to do it. And that solves the problem down the line. Like we read all these little people. What you're assuming is that every every person with a disability or thing is a brilliant actor. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not no, 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 I'm not. But yeah. they aren't. It's like everybody else. Right. There's like some really good people, some people that will shit the bed uh, every day. And <laughs> sure. I, I'm one of those shit the bed people. I, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I had a thing on Thursday. Oh my god. But the point is, yeah. is, is that you, you want to get the best person, and and so I, I, a mandated rule where you had to read those people first. That makes sense to me. Forcing anybody who's spending that kind of money to do a production to actually f- to, to drive to try. Okay, by the way, we found somebody. Uh, they're not a good actor, um, but they but they're an amputee. They're a double amputee, and we can only find three. And this is the best uh, of it. It just seems like a, a forced idea in a commercial world. Well, you got an apple box built into that guy, though, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We propped him. We propped my pants. <laughs> I think it's like a, we, we have a, we have a, I'm sorry, yeah, we're just yeah, moving on. I have one more question here. Yeah, one more minute. 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 Yeah, but I'd be honest with you, um, I, I find it very uh, restrictive when you force people to do things and try to put them in a box and say, you can't do this because you don't fit this box. And that's what affirmative action does. And I'll be honest with you, when I was in college, although I was in scholarship, they offered me a little bit of extra money um, if I just signed this piece of paperwork for affirmative action said I was in Mexican. I didn't sign it. I didn't sign it because I said to myself, I'm not going to make change if I don't do the things that I believe in. And I don't believe in this. And that's what we all have to do as people. We have to believe in what we believe and stick by it. I understand what, you, what you're talking about, but I also understand what he's talking about because I don't understand how to speak with you. I worked uh, uh, in Arizona, uh, coming out group for young people coming out. When they first talked to me, they said, you have to deal with the transgendered people as well. I had no idea how to deal with them because I was a gay guy. So I had to learn how to do these things. So I really do think, and I just want to make a comment, is that we have to be the change as well. We have to understand the differences. And we have to learn how to work with each other. I came to the show that actually had Kimbrough come. I said, you got to listen to this. Because I liked the premise. The premise here was, can we all come together and have diversity and find the common ground? If we can do that, then we get to something that's missing, and I think that's humanity. That's we all so have beautiful. humanity. We'll get there. And, and I love that clearly the common ground we have found is that whether you're white 
or transgender or Pakistani or Mexican and gay, we all agree we should not try to help other other ethnic groups. Good job. We can try for a minute, but then fuck it. You know, we all agree that every bald guy looks the same. And bald guys look very similar. Wait a second. I'm just curious. Sir. I have one follow-up on that if I can. One quick follow-up. But you're saying we have to be the change, but to you the change is not mandating change. No. <laughs> I need I need him to respond yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Thank you. Yeah. What I'm saying is we can respect the differences and understand how those differences equate with us and our personality, what's going on in our life. My I speak I'm Mexican, my brother and I don't speak Spanish. We speak very good English. Why do we speak English? Because our mother, who does speak very broken Spanish, didn't speak Spanish to us. Why? There's a reason she wanted you learning. My generation my generation in particular, didn't speak Spanish because when it came to, she told us, she used to work for the Department of Economic Security. She says, engineers who speak Spanish, who have an accent, don't get jobs. I want you to go to college, and I want you to get the best jobs. So we all went to college, and we speak perfect English. And guess what? We were able to get the jobs because of so. People don't know I'm Mexican. Come on. Okay. People don't know I'm gay. Most of the time they don't, unless I flame around and do something, but I don't. <laughs> because, see, I'm that gender kind of guy but who's then, just a person. But but I don't you think that also means that, like, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not taking anything from your yeah, experience, trust me, I get it too, but don't you think, we talked about, like, systemic racism yeah, in the back, don't you think that also means you might have had a little bit less of a pushback because you didn't read as a minority, like, you didn't read as Mexican to people, as opposed to, like, say, like, a black man in the same position you would have, a black gay man, even, who doesn't, people don't know he's gay, but they would look at him and see a black guy, he may have had a harder time getting the jobs that you got. This is a true story, and, and, and um, I came to Hollywood maybe about three years ago, but prior to that, I came as an athlete. Very nice, good shape. And this is the true story. We Actually, get it. You were high. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not this way, but this way. Okay? And so I went, I went to do the, the shoot, and the director says, you know, you look great, your body's great, but can you say that better in, in more Spanish mm-hmm. accent? I'm like, no. No. I don't know how to do that. Okay? And I actually got pissed and walked off. No, because what I was really saying was this. That you hate being Mexican. No, no, no. self-loathing. We got it. Yeah. last time, my friend. Okay, no, 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 no. There's certain times I like to be Mexican, and that's what's in the bed. Okay, but anyway, a lot of times. Who knows? Okay. You are a very conflicted man, my friend. And it was easy back then. So if you, guys were just, if you guys will all just suppress your minority shit, you can get yeah. jobs. As long as you can assimilate perfectly right. in white straight culture, you'll be fine. There's no that's problem. That's why I still want to float again the idea that I've said a couple times that I don't I would love to see one last time if we can agree on it so between Kimbrough and between this uh, gay Mexican man my what, you can say your name gay Mexican athlete with a great dick I get it can we maybe agree that sometimes you have to push the arc of history forward with force and sometimes you can also encourage people more so to, when in most cases to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps could a good common ground be that we don't have rampant affirmative action programs, we don't mandate that every single production has an inclusion rider, but maybe a middle ground is that just a bit, just make sure a college campus has some black people and some Mexican people. Make sure that production has a transgender person every once in a while, has some gay people every once in a while, some black people. Just a little bit, so you're doing the best yeah, of both effort worlds. Effort to make the space. Effort That's to make the space, and just make sure it's not like production after production. This company's yeah. never hiring a minority. Maybe then you step in. I think we need to have that. We agree with that? Port, yeah. Port, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah, but Adam, I don't mandate it. Damn it, Adam will never agree! 
forced change will never be genuine change. That's what I'm saying. But, like, I believe but in forced change can lead, or uh, but a guided change can lead to genuine respect. I think it's already happening. I mean, that's why the movies are coming out the way they have. We're already pushing it where we want it to go. We don't. No, but that's Force change can. What about the, the integration you know of our school system? You know what? That was forced change that now yeah. made it an absurd yeah. idea to have segregated schools. How tough yeah. was it for those kids when they first started? How much? Yeah, it was tough for them before they started. Are you kidding me right now? But it was it was together so great. Okay, we had. Sunshine and lollipops. Right. So we're gonna wrap it up in two minutes. Two minutes. I'm not fighting on this. But, but when, <laughs> how, many, how, many, how many kids? How many African American kids? Was started going to school? Uh, Six. I don't. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So it was guys. Yeah, a little girl with guns pointed that are going into a school. Let's call it about how great that was. Yeah, I get it. But like, but Ben, Ben, I, I hear what you're saying. But I think in this case, in, for this case, we don't need as much of a force because I call me a glass half full kind of person. I think it's fucking happening. On its own. That's, right. why, that's why Titus fucking auditioned everyone like he did. He wouldn't have done right. that eight years ago. Yeah. And production companies are doing that. That's, that's, why, I'm just saying some, that's why I'm just saying yeah. some overseas, some right. watch go- watchdog saying, let's just make sure that some co- we'll companies just, are not never doing it. We'll just do what everybody does and shame them on Twitter, dude. It's good. <laughs> I think education is a little bit different than uh, than than movies and and what we're. You brought it up. I know, I know, boy. But you, but then you also threw out threw out uh, Brown versus the Board of Education. I was like, no, hang on, you brought that up. All I can imagine what happened before it. Yeah, but by the way, how perfectly named was that case? Brown versus the Board of Education. Um, I think, obviously we're out of time. I think this has been an amazing conversation. I think we obviously here have come to the agreement that Caitlyn Jenner's a real dick. <laughs> and this is something we can all bond around and build from there. Not in a forced way, but in a light watchdog kind of push-push. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Please a warm round of applause for Carrazozel, Riley Silver, Adam Yesner, and Jamie. Goss. everybody. I'm all best friends. Thank you all for being here. I appreciate it so much. Last week on Earth. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.